friend? Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Mamma mia. Yeah. Mamma mia. Simone, after a loose puck, one hands it back to Latang. Latang dangles, still holds. Look at the patience. Latang to the front. He scores! Oh, what a play! Chris Latang to give the Pets the lead! There was a friend of mine on murder. Judge's gavel fell. Jury found him guilty. Gave him 16 years in hell. He said, I ain't spending my life here. I ain't living alone. Ain't breaking no rocks from the chain gang. I'm breaking out and heading home. I'm gonna make a change. For Saturday, July 9th, congratulations to former guest of the podcast, Councilman, not for long, Cody Frazier. Oh, wow. Not we all know that. That's not in the public knowledge. Yeah, it's public, it's, public it's, it's knowledge. It's public knowledge. He's, yeah. he's, he's done. He's he had a good over. term. The career is over. Who would have thought can retire? the podcast would have outlasted his tenure as a city councilor? Have we had him back since that first episode? Nope. See, now that's the problem right there. Well, yeah. Now we, we got can, the bump. We can, yeah, give it a few months and we can have him on for a truly unfiltered version of... Uh, when he's running for uh, for MPP, we'll get him back on here. He'll, he'll win that in a landslide. <laughs> uh, we'll get him back out there for the uh, for the provincial election. You know, win that in a landslide. Not hard to win that, I'm told. Um, it's the... Uh, this is season ending, right? This is... No, we'll do one more, one after, more after after uh, right. what what's it called there? Free agency. The, the penultimate. They might. They might. Yeah. It, well. Yeah. At least. At least one more. Ooh, maybe. maybe two more. But um, probably not. Lace up podcast. James Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, there. Brute, brutes. Summer brutes on Twitter. But buttons. No, no high button no. sports oh, high. is the publication that I read things for. Bedazzled sportswear. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. Um, how you doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was the longest like week of my life for sure. It was fine. Though. I'm tired. It's over. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm, but I'm it was, drunk. You know, it's good. You're drunk. Well, close. <laughs> I'm saying it now because by the end of the episode, oh, people will understand. So it'll be, it'll be more relatable. Yeah. No, I think. It'll be one of those ones, because I don't know if we've really done one this year where you're just going to kind of hear us get drunk as we go, I think. Have we had an episode where we were drinking really this season? I don't know if we have. Not heavy. Not really. Not heavy. (laughs) Some of us had more beers than others, for sure. Yeah. Um, I drank a lot of tea this season. I really haven't had many beers. Yeah, usually one of us has to get home. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's right. It, so, wouldn't you think I'd be the one drinking every episode because well, it's at my yeah, house well, normally? Sometimes it's a it's a Thursday. You got to wake up the next morning and go to work. You know, it's yeah, it's a Friday. It's a Friday night. We're not going anywhere. You know what's cool too? A very rare episode. We are at a neutral site location to to record. Yeah, because normally it's at one of our houses. Featuring, uh, leading to our, our guest host. Um, former guest of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some things have happened, obviously, since we talked last. Yeah. You know, um, we cover hockey. Yeah. You know, and 
and uh, probably the biggest news in hockey every year, right? Like is is like, oh, what are they gonna do? You know, who's who's gonna do it? Who's yeah. when? When's it gonna happen? Right. And Clerks Three has been announced. It's coming out. It's official. Um, you can go see it next summer. It's gonna be a hit. I'm told. Well, uh, is that a thing? Yeah. No, Clerks Three. Officially now. So, man, but haven't they kind of already done, like, a bunch of Clerks movies, though, in a way, right? Because, like, you did the Jay and Silent Bob thing, and, like, I, I don't know. Like, how many movies are there kind of stemming from the Clerks franchise? You know? I feel like it's a lot. Too many. Are you a Clerks guy? Never seen a movie. Really? No, never well, seen Clerk, one. Clerk, I don't know. Clerks is Clerks is good. I'm a Mallrats guy myself. Mallrats is really funny. It's not bad. Mallrats is really funny. I, I like Mallrats. I don't. I, it's not like I don't like Kevin Smith. He's maybe the weirdest uh, filmmaker of my lifetime. I would say, because like he's got all these comedy sort of films, sure. and they're all sort of different types of humor. Yeah. And then he's got like you know that Tusk movie, and like like he's got like a horror movie mixed in there. I think too. Like I don't know. He's just a lot a lot of different stuff from Kevin Smith. But I like him. He's cool. Hockey fan. Devils fan. He is, yeah. Well, that, and that was in the trailer. Uh, buddy there for Cooks 3 rocking the uh, Marty Berger jersey. Oh, yeah. So Kevin Smith. Is, is, well, is it Kevin Smith? I, I don't know. No. Well, he, he's, he's Jay. He's the fat guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's Jay. Well, this guy was pretty skinny, I thought. Well, Kevin Smith lost a bunch of weight, though. Oh, good yes. for him. Yes, he has. Hey, yeah, well, he's go. had some health issues as well, but yeah, he's, uh, he's thin now. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um... But uh, yeah, no. More seriously, the uh, the uh, Avalanche uh, won the cup. Oh right, yeah. It's been a week and a half, eh? Uh, yeah. Congratulations to uh, Reg Defio. Ray Bork and Sean Podine, and uh, who else? I have uh, Stefan Yell, David Abisher. So when we talked last, the series was three to one for the uh, Avalanche. Lightning won a game. Good for them, you yeah. know. Right on. And uh, and and then the the Avs just you know said fuck it, well, let's just win in Tampa, and they did that. Yeah, uh, two to one. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing wrong with winning on the road. Kind of, kind of. I don't know. Like, there's almost something about winning at home that is like almost too fairy tale book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, winning on the road's kind of like the ultimate war of attrition. So like, here's, here's my question. Off. Like, here's you know what I mean? Question, you right? got the beards. You're yeah. on the road. Yeah. You're in an unfamiliar place. Like, it's kind of cool. Here's my question, all right? So we, we, we've all seen the videos over the years, right? Like, so-and-so wins. They're on the road. It's, like, 3 a.m. And they're it's landing and back in their hometown. Right? And the crowds that show up at the airport at 3 in the morning Mm-hmm. Are insane. Yeah. What do you do if you win at home? You're just like, oh, we're here already. We'll just go downtown. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Like, there's something so cool I don't about like know. winning it in Florida, being like, all right, we're gonna par- we're gonna party in Miami for like an hour. We're gonna catch this flight. We're gonna party on the flight. We're gonna land in Denver at three in the morning. We're gonna go to bed. Wake up the next morning and fucking party again. Lots right? of pounding on the table here already. Let's, Let's go. go banging your gavel over there i um i i've always been curious to see what would happen if it like because we've seen you know like the lightning win and like you know tampa's supposed to be this kind of sort of cool party city and things yeah. like that and, yeah 
Um, you know, like the Capitals, I think, won on the road in Vegas, they did, did they not, right? So, like, that's cool. But, like, I would like to see, like, what, what would happen if, uh, if like, the Jets, mm-hmm. yeah, or, like, not even, like, let's say the New York Rangers win the Stanley wow. Cup in Winnipeg. That doesn't happen very often. And you got to go out in Winnipeg? Like, I'd just be curious, like, where'd they go? Be like, oh, yeah, they went back to Ray and Jerry's till 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. Like, oh, really? Shark Club. Right? Like, where do you even go? Like, I don't even know. And, but Shark Club's almost too in plain sight. Like, it almost needs to be somewhere that's, like, a little bit off the grid. Because you don't want all these weirdos crashing the party and shit like that too much. But if you're off the grid... You're probably getting the weirdos in the first place. You think though, but like you're, you're gonna go getting there. The weirdos go, already there. They don't you know who you a, are. You go to a place and they close it down though, right? Like you go, you go to a weird place where it's just like, oh, we'll open up for you for the night. You know? How do you know right. that going into it though? I don't know. I and don't how, know. as as a Winnipeg establishment, do you open up for an outside <sighs> venue? I, I gotta tell you, James, I am pretty far from ever having won a Stanley Cup at this point. I've never really been all that close. Um. What's the closest I've been? What did you do your last championship when you won uh, one midget there? Do I even know a Stanley? Like, have I ever met a guy that's won a Stanley Cup even? I guess. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I've met... I I think I've met Jordan Stahl. Oh, no. Well, I know Matt Murray, I guess. So, the closest I've ever come to winning a Stanley Cup, um, I guess, was playing soccer in grade three and four with Matt Murray for Hmm. for quite some time. Okay. And then uh, seeing him... A few weeks after he won the Stanley Cup uh, at my job, uh, he was. We were talking about rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I've ever come to winning the Stanley Cup. I went to high school for one year with Jordan Stahl. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I went to high school for four years with. Uh, uh, Delvecchio's grandson. Okay. So I don't know which is closer right. out of the two, but. My mom <laughs> works at the restaurant. My mom. My mom works at the restaurant that um, all the penguins and everyone who was in town for uh, who's, who's Jordan, uh, Jordan Stahl's wedding, uh, they all went there. Yeah. But that, I guess, was post first Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So she met all them. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that might be the closest actually I've ever come is my mom sur- like uh, ringing Brooks or picks like three thousand dollar bar tab through the debit machine. Remember when debit machines worked? Yeah, that's a throwback. Well, I, I do because I've never been impacted by such a shutdown <laughs> in my life. Well, your debit doesn't work right now. I don't know. Yeah, you're just just because you have a fucking... I'm flush with cash. (laughs) Good for you. Holy man, somebody robbed this guy, am I right? Holy man. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I met Wendell Clark once. He he played on a line with two Stanley Cup winners, I guess. That that counts, right? Mm, I met Wendell Clark. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I've met some famous dudes, too. Mm. I sat... Jamie Clement. I sat, like... Two rows behind Scotty Bowman one time. That's fucked. Oh, and I shook... Uh, wait, does he have a Stanley Cup? I shook Brian Burke's hand. He has a Stanley Cup. Anaheim. Anaheim. That is probably the closest I've ever come to know. winning a Stanley Cup. You touched cup. the cup ring. Was, was In the shake. Sh- he yeah. might have been wearing it. Who knows? I shook and shook his hand and talked to him for like five minutes. That's, That's the crazy. closest I've ever come to winning That's a Stanley crazy. Cup. 
Um, Bolger, of- what's the closest you've ever come to winning a Stanley Cup? You th- Lee Fogland Jr. won Stanley Cup. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So she's closer than both of us. It's in her blood. Really? Oh, yeah, that's great. Nope. I've had uh, one direct blood relative play in the National Hockey League, mm. which is Ray Shepard. Mm. And I don't think he won a Stanley Cup. I don't Cup. think he did. He was on that Panthers team that went to the he finals. sure was. Yeah. But uh, that would have been the closest. He got out from the Red Wings at the wrong time. Yeah. Wrong time. I was born on the same day as a guy with the same last name as me who won a Stanley Cup, but there's no blood relation, so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think we're getting further away from the Stanley Cup here. Uh, Speaking of the Cup, uh, it has seen better days. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Holy! If that cup could talk, though, right? Is it still like, a cup? Man, I I wish... Like, is Phil Pritchard ever going to write a book? He's got it, you right? Gotta hope. He has to. Because this guy is like... like That's Stanley Cup's his best friend. Like, he, he has all the dirt on all the garbage that that Stanley Cup's been through. Left in a bar... Puked in, dropped off balconies. Like, it's only recently that it's like become very public all the damage that's oh, happened yeah. to it's like three years in a row remember this cup's when, just getting remember, fucking remember murdered on... did the, the, the cake stands were like oh my oh god oh my god everybody leave the cup alone and like three fucking years ago yeah and then there was like the five percent of us that were just like oh man like that he's taking good care of that stanley cup yeah. right now he's only doing keg stands off it. so we're up to six dents <laughs> per 60 i want to say yeah it's not looking good oh, for old stanley man. but it might be a good omen because last year Maroon broke it, or was it the year before? And now Maroon is not on this year, yeah. so maybe Nick Obey Kubel, not to you know throw the guy under the bus, wow. but maybe he's the new Maroon. Like maybe you've got to get this guy to win a cup. Like he'll play one more year in Colorado, and then he'll go to I don't know who might be good in a year, the Devils, and then. They'll win a cap. You know what I mean? And that'd be crazy. Or the Red Wings. I got, I got or the this. Leafs. I got to say this much. Kobe Abel. <laughs> dro- dropping the biggest part of his life to only turn around and get uh, married two days later. Yeah. That's a redemption story right there. Hey. That's pretty cool. To Nick Obe Kubel. Congratulations, uh, to, buddy. To uh, that guy. Yeah. Hey, there we go. All right. Cheers. Um... Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't want to spend too much longer on this, but like... Just like we've talked about, it, like Colorado, just like so, so, so good, so good, and and, and not to take anything away from Tampa, right? This is a team that went three years in a row into the finals, right? Like this, yeah, good, good fucking hockey team, really good run. Um, it like I don't really think people understand how hard it is to actually win three Stanley Cups in a row, especially in today's NHL. Oh no, like 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 you can say that all you want, but it's just it's genuinely like. The number one factor is not even the fact that it's difficult to win a Stanley Cup in the first place. It's just that, assume you're the best team on planet Earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Assume you just automatically are a freakish fucking hockey team. Right. You also yep. have to stay at least relatively healthy for two months at the end of the year when every other team is trying to break your fucking head. Right. Out. You know what I mean? Like, it's impossible. Like, even the Avalanche, like, 
talk about all the lightning injuries. And then the Avalanche released their injury report, and it's like, they had, like, three guys playing on broken feet and fucking... And you know what I mean? Like, that team was banged the hell up, too. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, man, to think that, like, you know, even just to get there, like, if the Avalanche had a bunch of those injuries happen a couple rounds earlier, who the fuck knows? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You can even make that argument that that's why they haven't won one yet. Until now. Um... Did we we talked about uh, yeah we did we did the uh, too many men in overtime uh, plotline with Nazim. Yeah. Um, plotline. Well, come on, this is a key moment of this of, of the story. Scripted. Uh, you see the shirt. The shirt. Oh yeah, too many men. Nazim's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. That is cool. Let's go. Do you know where to get one? Okay. Uh, apparently, he had it made. Yeah, I know that, but they got He's got a. Oh yeah. He has to. Well, no, I'm just saying he has to. You, Hope. He has to get me one, I guess, is what I'm saying. Let's go. I wonder if I tweet at him. If he'll just, like, you know what I mean? No, probably not. Would I have to say that it's for, like... The high button? Yeah, maybe. Oh, I was going to say, like, a, a, a sick relative or something like no. that, you know? Um. So, the Lightning are out. They're done. The champs no more. Avalanche are in. Kale McCarr's Con Smythe Trophy winner. Yeah, Kale Macaroni. Uh... <sighs> Look, look. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that like does the whole like. Claude Here Giroux. we go. Claude Giroux is the best hockey player in the NHL circuit <laughs> 2010. <laughs> but like, come card number two. <sighs> yeah, like I I really understand that it is very difficult to say that anyone is better than Connor McDavid at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really do get that. Um. But. It's it's not the same argument as it was in, like, 2017 when I was on the bandwagon of, like, I think Eric Carlson's the best hockey player in the world over Sidney Crosby. But, like, at that time, like, you could sort of... Like, it's not like Sidney Crosby was putting up 150 fucking points in a season kind of thing. Right. Or, like, 40 points in 16 games or whatever the fuck McDavid just did there. Like, it's not exactly to the same extent, but, like, what I would say is that I... At any given time, would probably rather have Kale McCarr and like four other dudes on the ice than I would like Connor McDavid and four other dudes. Like I, I, I'm not saying that McCarr is like for sure the yeah. best player in the yeah. world, but I certainly think there's more of an argument to be made than like Connor McDavid just had a career high in points. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And didn't win the heart. He's ridiculous. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's just it's, it's insane. It, he's he had the, 123 points. The the crazy thing with McDavid though is just the fact that it's like if you played him less, he'd probably be better. Like that's the crazy thing, right? It's Maybe. just because like you you watch it, he's out of fucking gas all the time. All the time he's out of fucking gas cuz he plays 29 minutes a night against well, the other like, team's best players who are trying to kill him. You see that? For like 110 games a year. Th- this or like he, this was uh, the first time in four years. This is the lowest ice time, uh, you know, average ice time he's had. Well, and uh, that's partly why yeah. I think that he's done so well this year. Maybe. Is because you get Dave Tippett the fuck out of there. All of a sudden, Jay Woodcroft's like, hey, man, uh, I'd rather have you out there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather you literally be your best self for 21 minutes right. a night than be, you know your best self for 12 minutes a night and then the other 18 you're trying to catch your fucking breath out there yeah. 
Like, if you're only getting 12 minutes out of Connor McDavid because he's fucking gassed because you played him the whole first period. Right? Like, like this isn't a new fact. We, we, we've watched this happen for years. Anyway, this is not a Connor McDavid uh, re- re- referendum here. Kill McCormick, but, but, sure. Easily. Okay. There's no question yeah. for me. Because like the the other number two is is who it was McKinnon a couple of years ago yeah so maybe it's it's, like it's it's kind of bad time like McKinnon Crosby Matthews Drysaitel like that the the only other person I would put up there is Matthews but I I would rather have Kale McCarr than Austin Matthews at the moment yeah that's you're probably not wrong like Conn Smith is such a weird award where it's like I think Matthews is probably number three for me it's so impressive but... to win the Conn Smith but at the same time it's like well only like one guy from the team that gets to the finals every year gets to win it, right? So, like, like Austin Matthews doesn't even get a shot when the Consmite plays for the Leafs, which mm-hmm. is not his fault. But uh, he'll never have that opportunity because he plays for the Leafs, right? So, it's like, to say, like, you don't have a Consmite, it's like, well, yeah, but that's, like, more of the environment you're in more so than, like, how good a hockey player. Like, no one's sitting here going, like, oh, my God, Kel McCarr's got a Consmite. He's a better hockey player. And Connor McDavid because Connor McDavid doesn't have a Conn Smythe. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, Why? like that, like it's uh, impressive. Con, Con, Conn Smythe, Conn Smythe is a fucking amazing award to win. Like, yeah. like oh, I would oh, rather, yeah. I would rather have a Conn Smythe than any other personal award by like a freaking mile, right? Oh yeah. Like who, who gives a shit? Because it means you were likely on the team that won the Stanley Cup, and you are likely the reason that they won the Stanley Cup, in a way, right? That that's what the award's for. So, but that, you could be a Justin Williams, where it's like, yeah, you're never. Gonna be but a that's what I was gonna say, right? It's a, just like, well, yeah. but but even still, there are people who are like TSN put the put the thing out. Well, I'm sure we'll get to the Hall of Fame class mm. later, but it's like TSN put the thing out about who's eligible for the Hall of Fame coming up. Like, who's the big three? Who's the who's the big who's the cut up piece? Of, yeah. yeah, who's a carved who's up the piece buff of meat? Boy, yeah. And it was like Henrik Lundqvist and. I'm sort of blanking on who the number two was, but number three was Justin Williams. And it's like, I get it, for sure. I'm I'm among the biggest Justin Williams fans that there fucking are. Mm. Not a Hall of Famer. Like, if, if his plaque would have to explain why he's in the Hall of Fame with, like, a paragraph, but he's a player, not a builder, then there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, like they put the plaques in. There's a little bit of stuff. There's the stat lines and all that shit, and then that's it. But, like, with Justin Williams, you'd almost have to be like, well, here's one game seven. Here's another. Like, it would almost have to be its own exhibit. Like, it, that's not a Hall of Famer in that sense. Cool career, but, like, you could make a similar argument with Danny Briere because he's got one of the best, like, point-per-games in the yeah. playoffs in the yeah. last 25 years. So, you're going to put Danny Briere in the playoffs despite having never won a Stanley Cup? You know, yeah. But like, it, it's where do you draw the line? So, what I'm what I'm saying is is my long winded way of saying it. it's like these people that are like, well, Henrik Zetterberg's got to get in, and you know, like well, Henrik Zetterberg won a con smite. Don't get me fucking wrong, but like, that's it. That that's it, really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really good fucking player. I'm a massive Henrik Zetterberg guy, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just look at Lou Williams real quick, like. Very impressive. He had like eight hundred points. Like he's a very good player. Not quite. <laughs> no. Seven ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean. But oh, like oh, I'm sorry. Thirteen hundred games. The final three points. You know, thirteen hundred games. But like, he went on. He like he wins that Conn Smythe. 
He's 32 years old. Like four years after that, where he had a better regular season, mm-hmm. you know, points wise, it's like, oh, you know. But that's what I mean. Like it's, impre- right it's impressive top, to win you know? the Stanley Cup yeah. or, or the sorry the Conn Smythe. But you know, it's it's not everything. Like just because Kale McCarr won a Conn Smythe doesn't mean that he knows how to win better than Connor McDavid necessarily, yeah. right? Like they both were very very good in the postseason. Uh, McDavid. You know, better at putting up points. Makar, perhaps the better overall player in the playoffs, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily take away from what Connor McDavid did. All, all, it's two separate things, right? It's that Connor McDavid is on a dog shit team with one other guy, and the other guy happened to be dying during the final uh, five games of the uh, of this of the season, right? So, um, you know, you you kind of just deal with the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. Play the cards you're dealt. You don't deal the cards you're dealt. You don't re-deal. I would hope not. Is there a game where a guy deals your cards and then you just grab them back and you're just like, ah, ha, 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 huzzah? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I hope not. Yeah, that doesn't tend to make a lot of no. sense. Um, all right. Well, speaking of the Hall of Fame, let's get to it. You know, it's it's, it's been announced. More this, like the Hall of Very Good, James. The you Hall hear of Lame. Oh. Got his ass. Um, they announced the class this year. What do you got from here? We got what? We got one, two, three, four NHL players. We got uh, a, a uh, an induction from the women's class, mm-hmm. and we have a builder. I'm sure all very good, notable people. All right, right? Let's start as as I say every year when we do this conversation. All right, all deserving. I'm sure. Let's right? start with the builder, Herb Carnegie. Huzzah. Yeah, that's fair. Long time coming. Yep, that's cool. Absolutely. We've got the Pat Burns treatment. Yeah. Mm. In a way, yeah. in a way, yeah, exactly. Like, in a way, I saw that, and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought he was already in, but this, yeah. This is like the guy that should have been the Jackie Robinson of hockey, but didn't get the chance because uh, racism. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Good for him. Um, yeah, and, and like that was a weird thing too. Like I saw that, and I'm like, I don't know why I thought he was in, considering we just put Willie O'Ree in. You know. Yeah. You would think that Herb would maybe get in uh, before, but whatever. Uh, Rika Salinen gets in from the women's uh, side. Yeah. Uh, I believe the first non-North American to get in. On the women's side? Yeah, I yes, think so. Yes, yeah. that is the case. Uh, bronze medal in 98, 2018. World Championship Silver in 2019. Six World Bronze medals. Uh, like, rightfully so, mm-hmm. a lot of Canadian American women's hockey players have gotten to the Hall of Fame because they have you know, dominated the international level. Excuse me, uh, Rika Sleenan, like one of those players that just has always been there, had a long, long, long career. We're talking over twenty years playing international women's hockey, and put up fantastic numbers over those times, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a very deserving candidate, uh, especially for for someone that's going to go in as the first, what you might call like quote unquote international or European star, whatever you want to call it. Um, rightfully so, not taking anything away from that. She should 100% be a Hall of Famer. But we go back to the same problem year after year about how there's two slots for the women mm-hmm. and we never induct two women. 
Again, Rikus Lynn should be there. Absolutely. Absolutely should 100% be in the Hall of Fame. Someone should probably go in, like, in with her. You, you would think. Right? Like, why, why do we keep doing this? Why do, why do we do one one woman at a time? You got two slots. Let, let's do this. We, we're going to get inducted four fucking uh, men hockey, uh, you know, male hockey players here coming up. I'll get to that in a second. We're going to do this, these four hard line of the sand year mm-hmm. in, year out. Uh, hell or high water. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that, well, you know, probably shouldn't be making. But one woman. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really getting to the point, man, where it's starting to feel uh, like uh, uh, vindictable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's uh, it. It doesn't feel that. Um, it, it it's starting to feel intentional for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't really understand. Like, like again, like it's it's nothing to do with Rika Sullivan, and it, no, it, it's just. No. I it's, don't want to take anything away from that. No, right? uh, well, like I mean, like, I guess, I guess we should talk about Rika Sullivan yeah. for, for a brief second here. But, like, yeah, ridiculously good numbers on a country that is not necessarily, like... Like, they're third. They're the third best at women's hockey, but they're way far behind Canada and and U.S. And, and they're way better than anyone after them, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're just sort of stuck in this... Weird purgatory where you, you might get a silver once in a while. They're, if, yeah, they're you know, likely but, not going to beat Canada or USA, but yeah. they're they're very likely Bronx, not going to lose least, to anyone yeah, else. Yeah. So, um, like her having still having to play like Canada and USA like a couple times in all these tournaments puts up ridiculous fucking numbers. Uh, I think my favorite thing about Rika Salinen that I did not know, I found this out, is so F- Finland has like. It's own version of baseball. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Pesa Palo or something like that. Sure. And Rika Salinen is also like apparently like one of the best players oh, in the history of the country at that sport too. Wow. And I'm like that that is very cool because it just like it reminds me of like Clara Hughes or something like that or even like Wickenheiser right where it's just like just a freak fucking athlete that just. Every season, like, a, a sport ends, and then she just shows up and does another thing. And it's like, oh, she's just doing this. Yeah. She's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, like, you know, I guess Tom Tom Brady and shit like that, too. But, like, just a ridiculous multiple... Charlie Conacher, if you will. Yeah. Uh, thank you, sir. Bo Jackson. Yeah, there's a few guys. For sure. But, um, yeah, like, awesome career. Really good for her. She definitely deserves to be in. I like that. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, as you were saying, it, it's it, there are other women that need to be in the Hall of Fame. Especially that, when we haven't done an induction for two years. Like, so they're not going to get in, but like every year there's like now at the point where you and I sit here and every year there's at least like a couple of guys that get in and we're like, why the fuck is this guy getting in? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like is this... Do we really need this fucking guy in the Hall oh, of Fame? We'll How many guys do we have in the fucking Hall of Fame? Where now... Like, say you and you and I were to go there. Not even that. Say you and, and uh, Madison, who's also on the podcast tonight. Uh, say you guys go to the Hall of Fame, right? We've been there. And so you're going to walk around. She left and you're going to be like, just guy after guy. And here's like, oh, here's fucking Ken Dryden. Here's Timmy fucking Fort Francis. Here's Johnny goddamn Kenora. And it's like... 
well, what are these guys doing? It's like, oh, well, you know, they played 17 seasons and put up 700 points in 1,000 games, and they played for the Montreal Canadiens for eight years. And it's like, oh, okay, great. And then where are all the women? It's like, oh, here are six stalls kind of tucked away at the end of, not literal stalls, but like stalls, like yeah, cubbies. Right, not Eric and, not Eric, Eric. and Jared and Jordan. But like there's there's these several women that are in here. And like, oh, what did, uh, what did Angela James do? Well, everything. She was ridiculous. Yeah. She's the fucking face of, of hockey for women. They're like, oh, okay, well, who else is in here? Well, Cassie Campbell Pascal. Oh, what, what, what did she do? Well, she's the captain of Canada and, you know, all this shit and fucking, you know. Well, what did Haley Wickenheiser do? Oh, well. Oh, she's a do- that's she, doctor. She's doctor. Haley, Haley Wickenheiser, Wickenheiser is, is the best athlete in the history of the fucking sport, basically. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, okay. So that's that's it. Like no one else was good besides so them, or what? Male like, guys are doctors then too, right? It, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, you know, you know, Doctor Guy Carbono. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. The fuck out of here. Fuck men, right, Maddie? Yeah. Um, getting to the men, uh, Roberto Luongo, <laughs> hockey hall of famer. Well, of course, I'm, uh, not, like, yeah. I'm not saying men shouldn't get no. in either. Like the women get yeah. one, the men get one. That's, like. That's it. Roberto Luongo, uh, unquestionably top 10 goalie in the history of the sport. Yeah. Um, you you could go as far as top five. Not sure that I would, but top he's seven. very close. Yeah, exactly. Like That's he he um, may be the best goalie of the 2000s, honestly. I would say. Uh, like that's because, you know, Broder's body of work may be kind of already in by that point. Uh, Hasek's body of work already kind of in by that oh, point. I you know, know, very in. But... Lundquist doesn't really get going until like oh nine. Like Roberto Luongo, for those of you who weren't uh, around, kids. Maddie. Uh, Roberto Luongo played on a team called the Florida Panthers, and the Florida Panthers' best player was Ole Jokinen. Oh, they're gonna you, say this up. You've probably heard of Ole Jokinen. Uh, he was a perfectly fine like sixty point center, but he was their Traded best player. With Luongo. And then there was yeah exactly and then like and then who like who was else on the team? Well, I'll be like oh well you know um, Mark Parrish. There's 18 year old Christian Husalius and there's like uh, you know uh, Paul Laws and it's like who the 48 year old Gary Roberts yeah like oh, okay. Branislav Metze is playing wow. like 20 minutes a night on the blue line. That's a callback. And oh yeah, well you know you got to remember the stars. And so it's just it's just like one of those things where it's. This team was so bad. Luongo would play 75 games a fucking season. I'm not exaggerating. Would face, again, 48 shots in a, in a league where, like, in a league where, like, 30 shots was like, wow, that team got fucking peppered, right? Like, the shots every game were, like, 24 to 18. And Luongo would face, like, 48 shots in a fucking game. And would and would let in three goals and make forty five fucking saves, all the time, and it's kind of like at the end of the year, it's just like, how's this guy still standing, you know? So yeah, he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, good for fucking him. He was a nine nineteen career save percentage guy. Yeah, which tells you a lot about the early years because the later years were not very good. But it's understandable when you're on game number. F- 3,000 by age 38. So, yeah. Never won a Vesna. I I knew that, but I didn't really think about that this week. Finalist three times. Um, really good. 
that's really, it. really that's, good goal. That's it for the men. The men, uh, oh, really? one man, one woman. That one was builder. everybody. There okay. we go. Well, that's oh. honestly, if they were not going to put in a second woman, they kind of should have yeah. just stopped there anyway. So, cue your. No, I'm not going to do it. You don't want to edit it tonight. Um, Easy, bud. Daniel Albertson's going in. Showing some restraint here, eh? Yeah, that's that's fine. He's Swedish. Yeah, I don't. I he, don't. He captained the Senators. I don't agree necessarily, but I wouldn't. You know, I'm not going to go through the Hall of Fame and be like, oh, what's he doing here? I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he was good. Good player. Calder Trophy winner in 95-96. 26 goals, 35 assists. Pretty good Calder year. I actually don't think I knew that, but that's cool. I uh, thought he had never won a major award. Oh, good that's it. Well, that's an award, though. It's an award, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, Michael Bunting got a, a nominated for that award this year, just to, to recap. Barrett Jackman, former winner. Mm. Uh, 426 goals, less than Roberto Luongo. Sorry. Um... 682 assists. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know with Alfredson. I'm, 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 I'm of the mind that he's a uh, Hall of very good. He's not a Hall of Famer. He played for the Ottawa Senators, and I think people think that if we put a Sen in, we'll get more tickets to the Hall of Fame. On the three-hour drive down the road, you know, like no, I get it. You and I have talked about that. I, I don't see several it times. I, I, I don't see it. it. Says here in his uh he his bio he won the Olympic gold in 06. Well, that's great. Like he got to ride shotgun with Sundin and Lundqvist and Lidstrom. Like I, I don't know. Great player. Great career. Hall of Famer? I, I don't think so. But, regardless, uh, he makes it in with Roberto Luongo, yeah. Herb Carnegie, Rika Slainen. I'm sure that's all. Yeah. Uh, it says here some guy that amassed uh, 593 goals and uh, a little over 2,000 points. Has also been inducted, which is pretty impressive, honestly. That's pretty impressive numbers for a guy to get in. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Now, if if you split that into two different guys, not <laughs> as impressive. Daniel and Henrik Sedin going in on one plaque, yeah. I assume. Um, because <laughs> neither individually worth Hall of Fame merit uh, by far. This is outrageous. Hmm. You think that's worse than Alfredson? It's worse than Alfredson. Yeah? Yeah. But both guys individually, worse than Alfredson. Together, hmm. a cool story. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it, it, I've, I always really did wonder. Because, like, the other thing was, too, is, like, when one of them would be out hurt, which, I mean, wasn't all that often. No. But, like, when one of them would be out hurt, like, the other one was, like, fine. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, hmm... It, it's tough. I'm not, like, super against the Sedins being in, I guess. I, I, I think at a point I was, and I think my thoughts have changed on it a little like bit. Like, neither but... guy had 400 goals. One like, didn't get 300 goals. Like, like, obviously, in my Hall of Fame, they wouldn't get in. Right? But I think, from a 
from a gate entry standpoint, uh, they're a more interesting um, plaque. Together or separate than Alfredson is to me. That that that's all. Like you know what I, mean? I just I don't I don't I couldn't fucking tell you anything about Alfredson other than the games against the Leafs. I, I don't remember a single fucking thing the guy did in his career. Yeah. Like I, I just don't. I didn't give a shit. The Sedins had a lot of big moments with and without each other, like maybe not directly, you know what I mean? But like they both had like they both won an award kind of thing. I I don't know. Um it's tough. Well, both guys but, led their team to the Saka Finals. Alfreds is obviously, you know, in 07 and uh, Sedin <laughs> in 2011, right? Yeah. And, and they, couldn't, I, they couldn't get it done, put, but... Put it this way. I don't necessarily think you're wrong either. I just, I don't, I don't agree with you per se, but... This, this is 100% bullshit in the sense that, like... <laughs> We've got two guys that are friends that played their whole careers together. That they're really, they're really cool and they're really great. But like, there, there was nothing more telling about the Sedins than when they didn't play on the ice at the same time, and they became just very average hockey players. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. But it was like that was the other thing. It was just almost so rare that it was it, like it's almost it's, hard. It's to... a really cool thing, and I'm really glad that this is happening for them. And also, I'm a little disappointed that they're not going in separate years just for the sake of uh, arguments, uh, you know. Oh, Henrik got in this year, Daniel's going... Uh, it'd be funny, but... Like, I, I don't I don't know. These, these are two guys where you probably just could have left it on, on, on of the vein that, like, you know, they got their number retired in Vancouver and they were really good for, like, three years and that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. It's okay to say that. I mean, I don't know if this is more telling or less telling necessarily, but I'm gonna ask you a genuine question: Who was the better sitting? Is there right? Is there right answer? I because I, I don't, don't even think know. There is, oh, okay, right? I don't like, even know who the better sitting is. Like Daniel scored more. Who was the center? Henrik. Henrik. Henrik was the better one. Though, he was wasn't the captain. He? Yeah, he was the better sitting. I thought, right? He, I think so. Hmm. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, one guy played the wing, right? Like, how valuable can you be as a winger? Oh, they seem like nice guys, but I gotta tell you, something about them just creeped me out. I don't know. It was just like, I... I don't know. It's just too weird to me. I don't, oh, you guys that, have to grow the matching uh, I, fucking uh, I couldn't get past it. Eh? Yeah, I, I oh, couldn't get sure. past it. I don't know. For sure. But I whatever. On, good for them. Sure. I don't know. They seem like I really nice guys, so. but good, whatever. Good for Sweden. Yeah. Um, big, big year to be a Canucks fan, I guess. Big year to be a Norseman. Um, mm. Mm. Where, where are we at here? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to do this last week, but we weren't quite like ready to go. What's up, guy? Um, you remember back on October 12th what we were doing? On October 12th. Mm-hmm. James, I hardly remember what I ate for dinner yesterday. All right, well, we did I actually the, don't. We, we completed the second year's version of... Of the Sean McIndoe prediction Oh, fuck this. Ten questions. Um, We now have all the answers, so we can do, we can update. We can can go through and see how bad we did. Um, I'm curious how well I would have done had I not gambled uh, everything on a dumbass answer. I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. We did a lot better year one than we did year two. Okay. And we were much better year one. Looking forward to next year. All right. 
Question one. Uh, th- this this was going back to it. Uh, Sean McIndoe from the athletic uh, from the athletic uh, did a game where uh, he had uh, nine questions. You could pick up to five answers per question, but if you got any single question wrong, like answer wrong, you lose out on all the points from that question. So there was accumulation of where if you got one for one, you got one point. If you got two, it, it, ultimately you got to five, you got 15 points, right? I think my favorite part about it last year was that you and I, or you did, or no, neither of us did, I think actually enter it. And then we tallied up our answers on the podcast. And yeah. we're like, oh, we would have actually won this. Well, we're pretty close anyway. Yeah. Like we, like yeah. Top. yeah. I feel like you told me like what the what the winning point total was. Yeah, like you we, and I were we like, were right, yeah, no, we won. Yeah, yeah. This year I did enter. Uh, 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 yeah. Here we go. I'm glad I didn't. Um, question one was name up to five teams that will make the playoffs this year. Okay, here we go. I know I got this wrong. All right, here we go. <laughs> um. You picked the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. They did well. They did well. The Tampa Lightning. They did well. They did well. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They did make the playoffs, for sure. The Boston Bruins. They also qualified. And the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow, eh? What a, it's just crazy to think what a year brings, though, eh? Like, you think about that, right? it's just like... Like, I thought the Bruins were a lock. And the Bruins... That wasn't a hard Vegas was your second pick. Oh, I I know that. Yeah, I I know yeah. that. In fact, I'm surprised they weren't my first pick. Yeah. to be honest with you, who was my first? Tampa, Colorado, Colorado? Vegas, Tampa, Boston, hmm. Toronto. Yeah. Here here's where it gets worse. Okay. Worse and better. Here we go. Okay. Because I started off Tampa, Colorado. Nice. Can't do much better than that. Oh, I think I remember one of your teams. Then I went Vegas. Yeah. Then I went New York Islanders. Yeah. I think I know what the fifth team and is. And I went Winnipeg Jets. Oh, boy. Oh, man. That's no good. So we both fucked up. Yeah. Uh, question two was name up to five teams that will not make the playoffs. Okay. I feel better about this one. In order, you went Buffalo. Right. Arizona. Correct. Chicago. Correct. Detroit. Correct. Philadelphia. I said they wouldn't? You wouldn't. Hell yeah! Hey, man. Fuck. Weren't they good last year? No. No. But last year was the bad year, too? Yeah. So it was two years ago that they were good there? Yeah, three years long. Okay. Yeah. Two, two, yeah, three seasons, I guess. You did not pick Ottawa. Yeah. Which was my first pick. Okay. So. They didn't make it, though. No, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, Detroit for myself. Buffalo, Arizona, Anaheim. Mm. Good for mm. us. Mm. Winners. You're all right. Here we I'm go. Looking, I can't wait. Here we go. Number year. three. Name up to five coaches who oh, will not be fired no. or otherwise leave their job before oh, the first day no. of free agency, which is uh, next week, I guess. Yeah. So there, well, there's, there's a, a bit time. of wiggle room here. Yeah, but I guess. Three days. Uh, not including any coach who was hired to their current job after October 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. You went Jared Bednar. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll probably take him again next year, to be honest with you, too. Number two, Pete DeBoer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man. Who saw that coming, though? Well. What a weird year. No one would have did. Oh, well. Uh, you had Dean Nevison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Cooper. Yeah. Mike Sullivan. I'll probably take those four, four of those five guys next year, to be Absolutely. honest with you, too. And, and you beat me, because I went Sheldon McKeith. Okay. John Cooper. Yeah. 
Peter Bar. Yeah. Jared Bednar. Yeah. Barry Trotz. Oh. That was that one shocked me. Yeah. Oh, that's fair too. Yeah. I I gotta say too because like if like I'm I'm gonna do those four of those five again next year probably. Probably. Why wouldn't you? But if for some reason, and I don't see it happening, but if for some reason they fire Mike Sullivan, back up a dump truck of fucking money to that guy's door. I feel like it's no secret on the podcast that I am a massive Mike Sullivan fan. But, like, man, that team is so fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't really realize how bad they are. Because they have Sidney Crosby, and they have Evgeny Malkin, and they have mm-hmm. Chris Letang. And Evgeny Malkin's not very good anymore, to be honest with you. And, you know, Crosby's solid, but he's not, you know, he's not fucking Connor McDavid. That's for sure. Easy there. And so, I'm just saying that, like, I think the direct you know, result of how good of a coach he is has a lot to do with Mike Sullivan. Or, sorry, how good of a team they are has a lot to do with Mike Sullivan. It, it helps. Like, yeah. I I think he is... You, you you are more Mike Sullivan than I am. I'm more like a, a little bit of A, a little bit of B, but, like, like it, I get it. If I'm looking for a coach to, like... If I'm if I'm trying to make the playoffs, I'm, I'm a team, I'm... Maybe not the best roster, but I'm trying to build something. Like, I'm a rebuilding team on the up. It probably goes for me right now. John Cooper won. Uh, Jared Bednar. Honestly, I'd probably even just go Mike Sullivan, too. Like, that's how much faith I have in what Mike Sullivan does. Honestly. There you go. No shame. Great coach. No shame. Anyway. No shame. At number four, name up to five GMs who will not be fired or otherwise leave their job before the first day of 2023 agency, mm-hmm. which is in, again, three days. Um, no, because I'm going to hire after October 1st. <clears throat> you went with Joe Sackick. Yeah. Pretty good pick. Good pick. Lou Lamorello. Is he still there, GM? He's still there. You're right. Julien Brisbois. Yeah. Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Kelly McCurman. Yeah. So Vegas, Detroit, Tampa, Islanders, Colorado. Big picture. Risky picks looking back. No, but like I remember my reasoning on Lou Lamorello was just that they'll never fire him. That's what it was. Like it was just I know they're not gonna I, fire I him. I said the same thing on Barry Trotz though in long, long But 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 okay, but here's the thing with that, right? Is Lou Lamorello controls Barry Trotz's job security. Yeah, I guess. Everyone's so. too fired to tell Lou Lamorello that he's an idiot. Or, sorry, everyone's too dumb to tell Lou Lamorello he's an idiot. So you took McCrimmon, I took Dubas. Otherwise, we were the same. Okay. Sacking, Breedball, Yasmin, Lamorello. Yeah, and I was not... I... Yeah. It's just Toronto being a crazy city. But, like, I remember my reasoning, you because you asked me about not taking Dubas. It was that I was worried that ownership would do something with Shanahan. Right. As long as Shanahan's there, I know... They'll make the right call on Dubas. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they need to keep Dubas as a GM, but Shanahan's going to make the right move. And right now, it is to keep Kyle Dubas in mm-hmm. office because Kyle Dubas doing a pretty good job. Pretty good job. Pretty good job. All right. Number five was name up to five goaltenders who will start at least 60% of the team's regular season games this year. Oh, I remember this. You picked three guys. I picked three? Yeah. I figured I only picked two. Oh, no. You went Vasilevsky. Okay. Which I feel good about. Yeah. Hella Buck. Yeah. I think 
I think I'm not even gonna check, but I think that's fair. Yeah, they both did. Yeah. Uh, next was Elvis Merzlikens. Okay. Let's do some, let, let's do some let's, math. Let's go. That's kind of cool. He played 59 games this year. There you go. Good three for, three good, for three. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you, sir. Sorry, he played 56. He started 56. I take it from your tone that uh, you did not do so well or something. I don't know. Let's see what happens here. What do you got? Who do we got? Yeah. He played 62, 68% of the games. Thank you. Said. Um, <clears throat> I myself... Thank you for fact-checking. Proudly went... Connor uh, mm. Hellebuck. Thank you, sir. Andrew Vasilevsky. Yeah, good call. UC Soros. Juicy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I guess I probably, I right? Yeah. No, I had to think about it, but he, yeah, that yeah, kind of checks out. He started 63 games. Okay. Uh, and uh, a guy that I'm definitely going to do the math on, Robin Leonard. Oh, I can't imagine. Started 44. Yeah? No, that is no good. It's not 60. So that's uh, hardly 50%, yeah. my guy. That is, uh, that is a shame. 54%. Um. All right, I lose that one for sure. I feel like I'm winning hard right now, aren't you got... I? Well, we both lost one. We both got two right. We both lost three. We oh, yeah? both won four. You're winning by one. I'm winning by one. Okay, yeah. congratulations to me. Number six, it's name gonna up get to worse, five rookies who will finish in the top ten Calder balloting finishing this oh, year. Oh, no, this is never my strong suit. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So, what do we got? Uh, Who do we the, got? Here's the funny thing. Only 14 guys uh, listed for the Calder. Okay. Only 14 guys got votes. So, top ten. going to be a, a slim list. You went um, Maurice Sider, who won it. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, Bowen Byram, who finished... He had a vote? No way he got a vote. Not a vote. Yeah. That's tough. Tough year for Bo Byram. Cole Caulfield, who oh, finished man. <laughs> Shut up. Are you kidding? And Spencer Knight, who oh, can't imagine. did not get a vote. He was terrible. Yeah. Terrible year. Tough, tough on Bowen Byram. Yeah. Like, honestly, though, I still think good pick. Yeah. Who the fuck saw Bowen Byram, no. you know? No, no. It's tough. I, I wish him the best. I went Sider, who, who won it. Yeah. yeah. I went Zegers, who finished runner-up. Hell yeah. And I went uh, Nijelkovic, mm. who had 14th. <laughs> yeah, that's not top 10. No. Yeah. So I, Maybe I, next year I, for Nijelkovic. I had two guys in the, in the top 10. You had, you had one. Hey. So, well, two. Well, we both had two. Maybe maybe next year for Nijelkovic. Does <laughs> he qualify? I can't imagine. <laughs> Um, no, just he's gonna be that guy. Yeah. He's just gonna be on the ballot every year. All right, number seven, name to five defensemen who will finish top ten in the Norris. Let's go. You went Kelmacar. Hell yeah! I think he won. Hell yeah! Let's go. I'm fired up about this one. I'm excited. The Let's go. Here. All right. Um, you went Adam Fox, who finished oh, fifth. Okay, really that high? Eh? You had Dougie Hamilton, who oh, finished. Oh no, Dougie. 
Uh, did not finish. Narrow vote. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Again, injuries though. Yeah. That fucked me on that one. He too. went Ekblad. He finished oh, sixth. Still though, eh? That's three in the top. Yeah, three. you know, I, yeah, I guess he ended. He went McAvoy. Yeah. He finished fourth. Oh, good for you. I did pretty good. I went McCarr. He won it. He won. It. I went Hedman. He finished yeah. third. Yeah. Good call. And I went Petrangelo. Finished fifteenth. Hmm. So. So we both lost. We both had. Well, you had you had more in the top ten, but we both got one. Yeah, we got one wrong. wrong. We, we lost. So we lost. Yeah. Number eight. Name up to five players who finished in the top fifteen of Hart Trophy voting. <laughs> scroll up. This here. was not my strong suit last yeah. year either. I feel like I took Jack Eichel. Yeah. No, last uh, year I took Jack Eichel. All right. So you went. Let's go. Give me something. Good. David first. Hell yeah. And he finished second. Second. Yeah. You went Crosby. Ooh. Bit of a hot take. Did not finish. Really, eh? No. The the one year. The one year where his team makes the playoffs, he's the only fucking good player on there, and I pick him, and uh, no, 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 now we don't want to give him votes. What is this weird thing on the back half of his career where now everybody doesn't like Sidney Crosby? Now that I'm on the bandwagon, I feel like he's underrated all of a sudden. Like, what the fuck is going on here? He went Barkov. uh, He got four votes for 12th. You went Ovechkin. He was 10th. Okay. And you went uh, McKinnon. And... Uh, a narrow vote. No, not, a, not a vote to be had. Yeah. Uh, I myself went uh, McDavid. Mm-hmm. I went Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won it. Uh, Dreisaitl. Nice. He was 9th. Kucherov. <laughs> narrow vote. Yeah. 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 And McKinnon. Yeah. This is a tough one, yeah. eh? Yeah, yeah. The heart one, that's a tough one. Okay. So you're still up by one going into the ninth question. Let's go. Name up to five players who are currently on NHL roster that will change teams between the start of the Ooh, season. Ooh, this is a fun one. The, we still got three days, technically. So it's a hard one, but a perhaps. tough one. A toughie. You went Jack Eichel. Hell yeah. Correct. Hell yeah. Let's go. You went P.K. Subban. It's before free agency, right? You got three days. Okay. And Dylan, Dylan Strong. Free agency is more than three days away, I take. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, so I was going to say he'll change teams. 15th. But, so this comes yeah. in the... Bummer. 10th. Yeah, you got five days, I guess. <sighs> God damn And Dylan Strong. And I said Dylan Strong? Yeah, he'll be a Leaf tomorrow, so... I went Phil Kessel. Hmm. Then Jack Eichel. Okay. All right, last question. I love that question, though. That's a fun one. Last question. You're up by one. Um, for 15 bonus points, name one and only one player oh, damn, who will finish I, this I thought season I had one more question. With at least damn. 100 points, not including oh, McDavid. Oh, man. Well, you know, how was I supposed to know Peter Forsberg is going to get injured again, right? How was I supposed to know that? He's been healthy his whole career. Uh, you went Kucherov... Kucherov finished with uh, 69 nice points this year. I can't believe he had that many. He played like 12 games this year. So. Mm. Uh, I myself went with Leon Dreisaitl, who had 110. You son of a bitch. Mm. Yeah. So we tied. Well, if you look at it that way. But Go us. Yeah, but imagine you had more points as I had none. Go us. We so. tied. 
That was my favorite part about that question. You get it wrong, you get no points. Yeah. Fucking right. I love that, mm-hmm. Sean. It's a gamble. Uh, I took the gamble and I you, felt good about it. And I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'll probably take the gamble again yeah, next well, year. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets took the gamble. They hired Rick Bonus to be their head coach. Yeah, it's not really a gamble, though, because in gambling, it implies that you could win big. Uh, well, they could have uh, hired somebody else. <laughs> Barry Trotz, it's, perhaps. No, like in a way, I Is would. Is he all... going to coach this year? Who? Barry Trotz. Oh, probably not. That's fucked. I don't. I don't like, really. A lot has been made about like who's been hired. Like, and we're sitting here going, Barry Trotz doesn't have a job still. Yeah. Like you can read into it however you want, right? About his comment about wanting to spend more time with his family and things like that, but like. Winnipeg gave him the best opportunity to do that. And he chose that he did not want to coach there. He wants to take time himself and and soul search. And I honestly I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't coach again. I, I feel like he will, but um San Jose. Um They made the late firing with Bob Buchner. Right. Like but, he's Right, but like if if you're already near home and you look at Winnipeg's roster, like what is more tempting about San Jose? They have a worse roster, and you're further from your family, right? Like so, maybe it significantly was, so, worse so, roster. So maybe it wasn't Barry Trotz. Maybe Winnipeg said, yeah. "You know, you're too rich for our blood, and we're gonna move mm-hmm. on." Yeah, they, they, I don't know. They got pretty deep pockets, though. Like that's never really been the issue with the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the fact that they're located in Winnipeg is the reason why they don't sign like big free agent contracts, right? Like. Like they got to do things a little differently because of that, but wh- whatever. Uh, I I honestly like I I I realize it was just a segue. I don't know if you actually feel this way. Like I don't think Rick Bonus is a gamble at all. I think Rick Bonus is the safest decision they could make. That's why I don't think it's an overly great hire. Is because it's um, they're going to be fine next year. Like they're going to be a five hundred hockey team probably, and that and that's that's about bad. it. I I don't see how they're going to be terrible though. Like like. They're going to have arguably a Vesna candidate goaltender in net. Um, they have a well, they reasonably have they have a re- but sure with no head coach, right? Like it, they, you know, they had a minor hockey league coach opening the door. Um, you know, like they'll have some direction now. They have a decent blue line. It's it's not great. It's on the lower half of the league, but it's it's not horrible. Um, and their forward group is. Decently deep without a bona fide superstar, but they do have a guy that's probably going to score close to 40, if not over 40 goals next year. So there's that, right? But, um, you know, like they, they apparently have a severely flawed locker room and um, the draft has come and gone and they have not moved on from uh, a lot of the guys that have kind of just been there and not, you know, mm-hmm. really banging the drum super loud for for years now so i don't know like i i've said before i'll say it again and and i wrote a piece about it uh like they they need to change things up here and they're deciding that they don't want to yeah and if they're going to go down with the core that they've got uh if that's the decision that kevin shovel day off or likely mark chipman has made um Rick Bonus is a perfectly fine hockey coach, and, um, you know, I don't know if I have much more to say on it. Like, well, I, like, like I don't... They, they finished, what, 11 points back of Rick Bonus's Dallas Stars. Yeah. 
They finished... With what I would honestly argue, I think the Jets have a better team than the Stars on Maybe. paper. Maybe. They well, finished, I, I mean... They finished just, well back. Like, just out of curiosity's sake, right? It's yeah. like... I would say Robertson and Connor are a wash. Like, sure. I'd say they're about the same. Sure. I'd probably still rather have Shifley than Hints. Yeah. Right? Like, if you go down the roster and sort but of But Shifley, Sagan are similar. Uh, I don't I don't really look at Sagan as Shifley level anymore, though. Like, Hints is their number one center. Hmm. Okay. I guess. Sagan's, like, a middle six center at this point. Like, you know, he may got he may bounce back one day, but he hasn't been yeah. Tyler he's not Tyler Sagan anymore. Okay. You know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I go down their roster, I, I sorta like what the Jets have a little bit better despite the fact that the stars were But then roster. you gotta you gotta consider they, they, they finished behind both wildcard teams, which came from their division. Yeah. And Vegas and Vancouver finished ahead of them in the other division that mm-hmm. didn't get conference positioning mm-hmm. right like it's it's a tough field for Van- uh, for winnipeg i think at this point right like yeah. to get but, back in the playoffs it's but, gonna be tough but but that's what i'm saying Who's like, taking a step back like i don't um all i all i'm saying is that i don't think that it makes them a tire fire but oh no no but no. they're but they're, i just don't think this moves the needle at all no, no. not not well th- they'll be better Maybe. But when I say better, I mean like the the Jets were like out of the playoff race with a month to go last year. Yeah, I think they'll knock on the door, but I Maybe. don't think they're making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. you know, like there there's a few uh, betting agencies out of Vegas that have the Jets as the number one odd team that missed the playoffs to make it next year. Which is shocking, considering the Islanders missed the playoffs, right? Like you would and, and I Vegas. Would, I would rat. Well, sure. Well, so it was other than Vegas. I, okay. I should say, but um, yeah, it was. It's. I don't know. I would think the Islanders are more of a lock. I, I, I would probably think the Canucks and maybe another team or two. I'm forgetting over well, the Jets, right? And that's like, one of the things. Right? Like, like, like Winnipeg finished with 89 points. Uh, Vancouver had 92. Those are yeah. the two highest teams that didn't make the playoffs yeah. in the entire league. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Winnipeg's done anything to their roster so far this offseason to get better, yeah. aside from the fact that if they bring in some of these young kids is what they should do. Like, they need a bit of a retool. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like, you know, I'd like to see Shifley gone for a few reasons, but the the main reason being uh, just fucking give Cole Perfetti, like, center minutes down the middle, 18 to 20 a night. Well, and, let's and, go. And maybe you got time now. Uh, let's the go. Same situation with Dallas there, right? Like you, you all of a sudden Shafley becomes the number two guy. Mm-hmm. So, we'll yeah. See. Uh, Jim Montgomery. Speaking of former disgraced Dallas Stars head coaches, disgrace in as uh, the head coach in Boston. Yeah. Hundred seven point team. Moving on from maybe the guy that got them there, but. Uh, you know, he, Jim Montgomery's going to, uh, this is where I thought Barry Johnson was going. End of the day. I thought yeah. he was destined for uh, Boston. I don't, I but. don't really. The only thing, like, as the smoke is kind of cleared on the Bruce Cassidy thing, like, the only thing I can make sense of it 
And I, I like, obviously I have no fucking clue, but this is just sort of my thought. I sort of get the feeling that Bruce Cassidy kind of told him to get stuffed about a couple things or something. Because, like, I don't really understand how you make that move. Like, I, um, I mean, you, you know, you bring up Jim Montgomery, I'll talk about it immediately. I, if, <laughs> Bruce Cassidy aside, uh, they needed a head coach. They went out and did something that I would actually consider is a little bit off the board. I don't really know that this is anyone that was going to get another head coaching job for maybe a couple more years. Um, by all accounts, he's doing really, really well, and I'm, and I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, he's done a really good job in St. Louis, by all accounts. And I actually think that this is a good hire. The issue being... Uh, they could not have possibly done any better than their last head coach, who, by the way, didn't, um, you know, quit. He was fired. So, um, yeah, it's it's still a downgrade, but I I I think Jim Montgomery is a perfectly good hockey coach, actually. So, he has been basically everywhere he's been. He's good. So, yeah. No. Just if like he's a doing well for Boston, good for him. Right? Like, Boston... Overall, yeah. Yeah. They got better shots up there. You're Boston. Like, like, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, like... But, again, like, you keep bringing up Barry Trotz. It's just... It's one of those things where... I do believe Barry Trotz when he says he just wants to take a little break here. Like, I don't think he's super happy with the way everything went. Like, it couldn't have been an easy year in New York last year, even for the best of fucking coaches, man. They start the year on the fucking road for 14 goddamn games. They lose most of them. Then they come back. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's banged up. Like, it was a nightmare fucking season for them. And even for the most, like, level-headed, best coach in the fucking world, Barry Trotz, that couldn't have been an easy year. He's been coaching every year, every it's, fucking game no, you're, you're not since wrong. 1998. And even before that, it's not like he wasn't coaching. He just wasn't in the NHL as a yeah, head coach, right? Yeah. But, like, I, I someone, genuinely someone comes believe up to you and that, says, hey, here's $5 million. He just got $25 million from the okay, Islanders, okay. though, right? Like, but you don't want five more? I'm not saying that. But it's, I'm not it's, saying it's, I wouldn't, but I'm yeah. 29 years old. Barry Trotz is 79. Whatever. You know what I mean? He's 83 years old. He's tired now. He wants to fucking he's go to sleep dead. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, no, he's doing well. Um, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's... I, I get it. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too, for Barry Trotz, right? I think this is the thing that maybe you're missing overall. Is that if Barry Trotz wants to sit on his hands for six months and just relax... Knowing that Barry Trotz is out there, some team might get a little fucking desperate and fire the head coach... That they shouldn't fire, and I understand that Boston is that team. There are better teams than Boston who may do it. That's right? worse though. It's still S- Sure, but like you're okay. You're gonna tell me though that if Barry Trotz waits eighteen months, that a better job than Boston isn't gonna come up. So I'll bet you it will. You're telling me that if Barry Trotz waits eighteen months, he might not have cancer. What? What are you doing here? Like, like people, like, like come on, come on, come on. Like things happen, but what? But <laughs> Jesus Christ, no, but... man! But like, 
<laughs> Do you know how old Barry Trotz is, first off? <coughs> you said 78. I don't know. <laughs> He's not very old, actually. Can he see? Barry Trotz is 59 years old. Oh, fuck. He's not that old. Now. I thought he was... No! Like, like, I'm, I'm, okay, so he takes 16 months. Okay. Or 18 months. He's 61. Okay? Sure. So, in the last 18 months... Mm-hmm. Vegas has become available. He's seen his doctor. Boston's become available. Like, shortly before that, Toronto was available. Um, and as time moves, like, teams change hands, too, right? Like, John Cooper's not getting any younger. Like, just because they're the first team that came to mind, and they're a team that is going to need a head coach to get over the fucking hump. Because if they honestly think they're getting over the hump with this fucking guy, they're out of their mind. Save the line. The Senators are going to need a head coach here if they're going to be a real fucking deal. Right? So, like, 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 what are we doing here, right? Like, it, it's just one of those things where if you, and if you don't, and I agree with him, think that the Bruins are going to be a legitimate cup contender moving forward, then don't take the job, okay. is my thought, yeah. right? I don't think Barry Trotz needed to take the Bruins job or a few Fair. of these other jobs. Like, the Jets, same thing. Like, I think Barry Trotz is going to look for the right roster, the right team, and the Jets and the Bruins just ain't it. Take your time, relax. Someone's gonna come yeah. to you. Like who? Like who? Serious question. Who's the devil's head coach? It's still Lindy Ruff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that—that's not gonna fly. <laughs> that can't fly in a few years, man. That—that's like I don't know. Uh, that it's honestly one of those ones where you could talk to me. How well did the Devils do this off season? And no matter what, my answer is gonna be like, well, the head coach is still Lindy Ruff, oh, they, so we'll see. And they missed their shot, maybe. Or maybe he said no now. Like, who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Right? Like, but like, like, Barry Trotz has to be sitting there going, like, I want to coach these five teams. Right? He could be. He's got his cup ring. What does he care? Sure. Sure, but, but, I, I, but I think he wants to coach a team with, with good management that's headed in the right direction moving forward. And... Uh, those type of teams already have good coaches, typically. Yes. Yes, and... I, yeah, I don't know. In a lot of cases, right? Like, the recency bias, you're going to sit there, too, though, and say, like, well, you know, the Avalanche hired their guy uh, because Patrick Waugh said last minute he wasn't going to coach, and they hired this guy, and he coached him to the worst team in franchise history, and they just stuck with him because they knew he was the right guy. True. And Tampa sort of you know, almost created a coach out of nowhere, and here we go, you know. But the Stanley Cup before that was Craig Berube, where they made a move mid-season with a good roster and a horrible fucking head coach. And yeah, I don't think Craig Berube is, like, an outstanding coach, but I'll tell you one thing, he was the right fucking coach at the right time for them. You know, I, I, I think Barry yeah. Trotz is going to know the right job when it comes up for him. Okay. Is all I'm saying. No, I, I, um, I, I think you're right. I just, like, I'm sitting here doing the whole, like, uh, who, who's the right team and how many of them are there, I guess. And for Barry Trotz, it's probably a short list. Right. I but, would have thought Boston's on that list. But, so. but I think, I think if Barry Trotz wants to be coaching, you know, up to the age of 70... That he's in such a good spot where he has done no wrong. 
so there's no point in taking a job where that risk is like that huge. Sure. Just wait for the job where you got a good roster because I'll make this point. Barry Trotz been coaching since 1998. Uh, he coached Predators for a wow. million a million years. Coached Capitals for what three, and then coached the Islanders for the last three, three or four. four. Yeah. And of all those teams I named. The three years with the Capitals were the only teams where I would say he had a good roster. Because the Predators were very middling for a long time. Yeah. Like, good decor. That's it. For a long time in Nashville. Just goalie coach. True. So just take your time, I I think. I think Barry Trotz making the right call. Anyway, Jim Jim Montgomery, not, not a bad hire, though. I think. I'd prefer the guy you had before. Who's next on the uh, wheel of former stars? Uh, Ken Hitchcock, can he come out and take a drop? Holy fuck. Let's go. Oh, yeah. My phone says here he's coaching the freaking Hurricanes. Oh, your phone doesn't say shit tonight. Yeah, that's true. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah. Outages everywhere, my goodness. Um, It's draft weekend. Yes. Let's do some draft stuff. Uh, well, let's talk first off. Let's was that talk. the only head coaching change since our last conversation? Bonus in Montgomery, as far as Who's I can it? tell. Yeah. Who's Dallas's coach now? Bonus left. Yeah. Do they have one? <laughs> do they have a coach? I don't well, know. No, I, I didn't. Did they make a move? And now I, I, I forget. See, like I'm so lost. Like, like such weird fucking decisions. According to this, their head coach Rick Bonus. So they just don't have a coach. Rick Bonus. Oh no, it's Pete DeBoer. Right. <laughs> oh fuck. Did we talk about that since it happened? I guess not. When did that happen? Did we talk about that June twenty first. Yeah, no, we did talk about that. No, we did. Yeah, I do remember we talked about it because it was it was also the conversation where it's like you you could have also kind of waited, but you went to. Another, like, a middling team when in reality... You know what I mean? Like, I think we said the same thing. Why don't you go to Boston kind of thing? But, yeah. Not cut out for Dallas, you might say. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good news is is that these Dallas guys seem to get hired, so... Yeah. They'll have a job. Yeah. Um, let's talk some uh, trades and signings leading up to the draft. And then we'll do the draft weekend, and then we'll wrap it up. Sound good? Yeah, Kevin Fiala to the LA Kings for the 19th overall pick and Brock Faber. Fiala immediately signs a seven-year, $7.8 million contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter mm-hmm. for the cap crunch. Um, but also, at the same time, like thank you, LA, because like, I don't... Like, I get why... The number is the number that he got, but at the same time, holy hell. Talk about cashing in on a fucking career year. Kevin Fiala, good for you, buddy. Because I don't know if he's making this much. Yeah. Yeah. But a million more than I would have paid per year. Uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm 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 pretty skeptical. There there's really good underlying numbers on Fiala. Sure, uh, eighty-five good point player. Good an eighty-five player. point total helps a lot. So, I I'm hoping for the king's sake that uh, this is what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think quite to this extreme though, but I do sort of get some Jeff Skinner vibes here where it's just like, yeah, I don't know if he's not scoring, he's not really helping. Like he doesn't, you know, he's yeah. not the the best play driver necessarily. I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm hoping for the best because I like the Kings and I like Kevin Fiala. I like Kevin Fiala, but I I'm skeptical. Uh, it's the contract though, right? The the trade is is nothing. Like good trade, good trade, but I'm worried about him at that dollar amount for that term. Absolutely. The good news is not eight years. Yeah. That's, I guess, what I would say. So. Save what you can and when you can. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Olivier to the Blue Jackets for a fourth-round pick. Sure. Sure. Uh, Ryan McDonough. uh, Yeah. Forced to uh, waive his no-trade clause to go to Nashville in exchange for Philip Myers and Grant Mishmash. Uh, first off, <clears throat> there's a guy with a real last name, Mishmash. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like Bill Cosby era level of comedy. Um, Ryan McDonough mm. reportedly... Kevin, Bill Cosby uh, reference Nick, on the podcast. Nick Kiprio is reporting yeah. that McDonough was told, go to Nashville or Columbus will claim you. Columbus says that's not true. Uh, maybe they weren't going to claim him, but I don't know if that's not a scare tactic that might just work. What do you mean they were going to claim him? Uh, 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 David Poyle went to right or uh, not David Poyle, but like uh, Julian Breeswell went to Ryan McDonough said, "Like I know you have a no trade clause. This is what's up. Nashville wants you. They put an offer in. I've got a guaranteed claim from Columbus. We're going to waive you if you don't take the the, the, the trade." Uh, so they'll pick you up. Huh. And he said, "I'll go to Nashville." Yeah, I don't. I don't think that couldn't be true necessarily, though. Like, what? What was McDonough's no trade clause? Was it like a ten-team list, or it what's was, the deal it, with I don't, it? I think it was a little more than ten. Like ten that he would go to, or ten that he would not go to. Um, like that's what I'm curious about. It's just like I don't. Teams. It's not like I'm necessarily jumping to get Ryan McDonough. Right? But, like, if I'm a team with, let's say, $25 million in cap space, you know, like, and I'm trying to be on the up-and-coming, you know, like a team, maybe that doesn't have that many good defensemen, you know, like a team that's on the up-and-coming. Yeah. Like, let's, I'm just, you know, not a real team, it's a hypothetical team, but I'm just going to make let's up. Let's call a, it Delphi. I'm just going to make up a team. Let's call them the, uh, the, um, the do Jersey Nevils. Right. And I'm, you know, up and coming, and I'm just going to be like, you know what, I'll give you that. And if you're Ryan McDonough, like, you'd want to go somewhere where they're trying to win, you would think. So, I feel like there would have been options no matter what. Like, I, I, I don't know, I find it hard to believe that he couldn't have been talked into something. And it's just bizarre to me that, uh, you know, the Blue Jackets... Or the worst case scenario. I don't know if I buy that. Anyway, I don't mind the deal for no. the Predators. Um, the Predators uh, seem to have some sort of an organizational requirement where they have to have four decent defensemen yeah. at all times. And I, I kind of like that. I think it's it neat. back to Barry Trotz. Yeah, because Ryan McDonough is still good. Ryan McDonough is a... Uh, a uh, very solid number two defenseman if your number one defenseman is insanely good. 
And if your number one defenseman isn't insanely good, he's a he's a he's a great number three if the one twos are solid. Mm-hmm. So he would have been fine on the Islanders as their number three defenseman, but he goes to the right. Uh, the Predators, whose number one defenseman is uh, a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Roman Yossi. Mm. So, for the next couple of years, he's a very good number two defenseman. Uh, oh, also, they have Ekholm. Where's Ryan Ellis these days? Ryan Ellis is a flyer. That poor son of a bitch. Yeah, he got traded for Philippe Myers. <laughs> mm. And Nolan Patrick, I guess. There was more involved, but... Um, yeah, uh, it, it's good for the Predators. They don't give up much. Yeah. It's great for the Lightning. They get rid of a uh, heavy contract despite... Almost $7 million. You that. know, like, it, it's it's just it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that money, I, I, I think is what I'm curious about. Because um, I don't know if I'm maybe overrating it a little bit. This does leave them with a significant hole on defense as far as I'm concerned. Sure. It's not like I think their defense is in trouble. But, um, you know, Cal Foote's going to have to really step up next well, year. Eric Chernak's going to have to stay it's healthy. It's not like they can trade uh, Romanov twice, right? So, mm-hmm. a little foreshadowing. Right. Um, we'll go through all the trades here that aren't just picks for picks, and we'll talk about it through the, the, the weekend here. Picks uh, for picks. Dollars Ge- for donuts. Uh, Georgiev goes to the Avalanche. Yeah. For a third, yeah. a fifth, and a third. A third, a fifth, and a third? Yep. I thought it was just the third and a fifth. 2023 third, 2022 fifth, and a 2023 third. Okay, that's not what I had heard initially. So mm-hmm. now that I'm learning that, uh, it's a little heavier than I uh, than I had understood. Um, yeah. Jeff, without a contract. He's an RFA, is yeah. I take it? Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, I, I I like it. I don't know. I I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I don't like it nearly as much as I thought I did. I thought it was just a third and a fifth. Two thirds is a is a bit much, I would think. But um, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. I, I think George has a, a solid goaltender. Um, his numbers have progressively gotten worse since he's been in sure the National Hockey League, which I do not care for. The Rangers have oddly gotten progressively worse defensively, though, uh, as they've gotten better. Which is which is neat. But the other goaltender in that net yeah. for that same team has gotten has much gotten better. better. Yeah, so, that's true. I don't. Yeah, the Rangers are Weird. the Rangers are one of the hardest to understand teams in the analytic. Era. It's one of the first true problems where it's like, yeah, they keep winning and the numbers say they shouldn't, and it's like, well, the PDO is also not that good, so it's like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on here, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's fine. It's 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 good. I don't really get the, the love for Georgia, but like if he's your backup mm-hmm. to Frank Coos, mm-hmm. and that's the route you're going, sure. To give up what you gave up you without know, without having a contract for a guy that might walk. Yeah, I, I am curious if Georgiev is going to go back to what he used to be when he's not facing as many high-danger chances. Like, you go to Colorado well, they, where it's a team where... They will play the Leafs twice, so Georgiev, that's guaranteed two wins there. That's true. That's that's 120 saves on 120 yeah. shots. So. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 he is one of those guys that I always talk about where it's just like, I would rather get a guy where you don't really know... 
rather than a guy where it's like, oh no, he's had the shot volume in this sort of situation and he's not been good. Uh, why would you Why would you bring him in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, George Ev is a guy where I am sort of curious. I he I do think he could be good on a good team, so maybe I am interested. I, yeah. I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, it's a it's a bit much, but at the end of the day, you'd rather just give up three middling picks and not have to pay a guy out the fucking window than you know sign a a thirty six million dollar goalie in in free agency. Well, and th- this is where it comes to it. It's like where does the number land for him, right? Can't be that high. They, they got him, but if they turn around and give him, you know, four years at five mil, not great. Well, right. but you would have to think based on the body of work, if I had to guess, what is he, 26? 26. Yeah. yeah. Two to three years yeah. at three million. And... I don't love it, but you're, that's fair enough. You're not wrong. If and, and like you want to play hockey next year, I get that. But if you're Georgiev, you're, you're his camp. You're sitting there going, "Okay, there's uh, there's three goalie spots left. We want six. <laughs> how, how much do you value us? Let yeah. us walk. You yeah, know, I, I I don't know. It, well, it depends what he has." Behind closed doors, you let him play in Russia, then sure. wherever you know. Sure, but I, I probably more time is getting in the, uh, than he was last year. Yeah. So, but but I don't know. Like I I just I look at the goalie market and it's it's one of those things where there's two guys left of of the unknowns. He's maybe your best option because it's like what like what else are you gonna do? You're gonna pay. Well, Flurry not anymore. So what you're gonna pay? You're gonna pay Campbell. Um, am I missing another big name on the free agent market? Like it's Campbell. It's Campbell. Okay, so you're not going to pay Kemper. Well, you said so that. You're definitely not, for the guy. You're definitely yeah. not paying Campbell because you're not paying Kemper. No. Campbell probably get more money. You would think. So you're running Frank Hoos and well, right, Stolarz? but so so but like you go out like who else has moved right? Like you go Huso for three years at almost five million. I certainly would not if I'm Colorado. You go Vitek Vanacek, who his numbers are way fucking worse than Georgiev, mm-hmm. uh, on as bad as the Capitals are defensively, uh, arguably better defensive team, and um, like that, like you know what I mean? Like just the the goalies that are out there. Like who are you trading for? Are you gonna trade for Mackenzie Blackwood? Like, like what are you gonna do here? You know, I, I I get it. It's it's a calculated risk, and and I don't hate it. We'll see. I want. I wonder what that number is first, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Um, what we got next here? We got. Uh, oh, we got? yeah, this happened. Uh, Chicago got a f- seventh overall pick, a 39th overall pick, and a 2024 third. Patrick Kane from the Sens for Alex DeBrincat. Hmm. Hmm. DeBrincat, eh? Yeah. One of those trades where I don't think either team got fleeced necessarily, but yeah. one team really has to wake up and say it's time to move on from some other guys. <laughs> and they haven't done that yet. So I I really like it for Ottawa. Yeah. Like sure. like I can sure. I love it for Ottawa without having to say that I think like Chicago really fucked up here. 
How much better was Chicago really going to fucking do? You know they, what I mean? They didn't like, have a first-round pick this year. They get a top-10 yeah. pick. And a top-40 pick for a guy that maybe they could have built around. But hopefully this is two guys that they can build around. I don't think they could have, though. Like, I think they're so it's far out of it now. It's up, it's up in the air. Like, I, like how old is DeBrick at? Like, 23? 24, I think. Yeah, 23, 24. 24. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe by the time you get get ready to get going, he's maybe outside the range of possibility. I so think he, they're so far away, right? Like I think this is a very even trade at the end of the day. It sucks that Chicago had to do this because if they already had a first-round pick and they were adding another top-ten pick, mm-hmm. this looks like a steal. But they essentially had to do this to make up for the Seth Jones trade. Which sucks, but yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like put it put it this way. Like I I certainly think Alex DeBrincat is worth a lot more than that. I don't know that the cat that sorry that the Chicago was going to do much better than yeah. that. Yeah, like that's the thing is like who who is this team like like what what are we really getting here? Like the the Jets are going to give up a first and a and another first and Cole Perfetti and. Well, it's not uh, like Philly Christian was in for the like, at one point, but they backed out. Right. You know, like like you're 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 operating on the assumption that you're playing NHL 22 on fucking hard trade yeah. mode, and you're trying to acquire Mitch Marner, and uh, you got to give up like three first round. Like, they're not, you don't get a haul. You just don't in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like you you lose your leverage at a certain point because all these guys just. You know, it's not like the NBA, put it this way, where if you trade for Kevin Durant, your team is automatically a fucking threat to maybe win the championship. The Senators traded for DeBrincat and were like, oh, they might be close to the playoffs now. This guy fucking, this guy scores like 30, 40 goals at fucking ease. And we're like, oh yeah, no, they might win like four more games now. Mm -hmm. Like, you can trade for these guys all you want. But to go all in and give up your best assets to get one guy, unless you're the Avalanche, oh, how much does this really move the needle? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're really adding to a core, okay, so you go to the Senators. So now you're their best forward. That that's great. Now you're only their best forward. Like what else do they fucking got? Good players. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's just like it. it it's not as easy as getting a fucking haul. Like, the, like the, the Blackhawks were never getting Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. Like, they're never getting any of these guys. So, I, I think it's fine. It's fine for Chicago. It's great for Ottawa, though. Uh, the Canadians send Alexander Romanov and a fourth-round pick to the Islanders in exchange for the 13th overall pick. Pause. Yeah. Roman up to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Like, for, for New York, you know, like, you're, you're attempting to replace that Devin Taves loss that you, you yeah. made a few years ago, right? That That's almost what makes it worse. But it's also a guy that's got no contract. You're talking about the rights, yeah. RFA, what's the number look like at the end of the day? Like, there, there is a bit of a gamble still left to go with Romanov good hockey player i think like that that's a solid guy to get yeah he's solid but what's the number i guess is is the question right yeah 
Um, the Habs immediately take that pick, the 13th overall pick, flip it to Chicago along with their third round pick for Kirby Doc, who also uh, does not have a contract. Mm-hmm. So, on one hand, you, you've got the Canadians trying to ship out pieces, trying to build this, this new rebuilding core. You get rid of Alexander Romanov, mm-hmm. a, a pretty solid top four defenseman. My books. For Kirby Doc, who might be a pretty good second line center. Mm-hmm. Probably won't be. So, so third, you third you, line center. You think that this is a not good move by the Canadians? I think you just hang on Romanov. Hmm. That's interesting. I I don't see it that way. I I who's I, on defense? No, for well, for sure, but like, <laughs> but that's short term, right? Like, I guess, like, unless you think like having the first overall pick can change a franchise, which has happened in the past, not so distant, like, like, see, we've seen teams get the first overall pick and like, boom, make the playoffs next year, mm-hmm. right? You've got that opportunity, and instead you double down by saying, "Well, we need we need Kirby Doc, and we're going to give up the only competent defenseman we have at the moment to do so." And then, sure, and then now that, what? That, by the time the you're ready to go, well, now we got to ship Doc out anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it that way. Like I, I, here's the thing: is like. In in the conversation of and by and by the way, like I I have my reservations about Kirby Doc, but I'm gonna defend what Montreal is is doing here. Is just that what I see in Romanov is a talented but flawed defenseman, like very flawed. Sure. Yeah. And I have a hard time believing that Romanov on a let's say a Colorado Avalanche level. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning level team is anything more than a number four defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like anything more. Probably on that level of team, he's a third pairing defenseman. Mm-hmm. I I think Romanov is what he is. Now, conversely, I kind of sort of wonder about Kirby Doc too. I hope so. But but here here's what I see is a team in Montreal that no matter what, is fucking far away. They're far away from from being a a Stanley Cup favorite. So, I see a team that doesn't have almost anything down the middle. Like, they have Suzuki, for sure. But, outside of Suzuki, there's nothing. And, what Doc does is... In theory, if, if Doc's going to be the player that people think Doc's going to be, you now have what I would say at his ceiling is your number one defenseman or centerman. But if you're if you're trying to build up front now and you're going to work on your D because you have Baron, you have Cooley, who again, I'm not necessarily sure that I believe a lot in, but they have guys on D that I think they believe in 
And I don't think Romanov is one of those guys. And I would say that if you're doing a straight prospect swap, Doc for Romanov, I'd rather have Doc. For sure. My questions about Doc are, uh, A, is he going to get better than what he is? Because he's one of those guys who's been a physical specimen, quote-unquote, for years. And, you know, Hugh Jessamine comes to mind. Is he what he is? Um, But I don't necessarily think that that's true. My bigger issue with Doc is... Uh, the wrist injury that is part of the reason why I think Chicago is making the trade. Uh, I'm, I'm curious where his health is at and if it's a long-term issue. I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. But um, all those things aside, if we're just talking player for player, though, and long-term outlook uh, in terms of that, I for sure would rather have Kirby Doc than Alexander Romanov. Romanov, good player, though. But I'm not sure that that ceiling is as high. Like, people comparing it to Sergachev. I don't think it's the same to me. Oh, not the same by any means. No. I just, I don't know how you pick up a guy that had, like, what, three goals last year? And expect him to be your number two centerman? Right, but, like, it's not like they traded for fucking David Krejci or something. Like, it's not like they traded for a veteran guy. They're trading for a guy because they're in the middle of a rebuild. They're not no, in the middle of no, it. They're but starting. You're, you're, you're hoping for a guy that's going to bounce back off an injury year, off of a career that has not tracked well, versus a guy that you've known, you've worked with, you've been a part of his, you know, build up on a position like that you don't have any depth on. Right, but it's I Luke just, Shen. I it's just... Luke Shen for James Van Riemsdyk for me. Like it's it's oh, like wow. like in in a way. I... In a way, though, right? Because, like, the Leafs make the trade because they know Shen is what he is. He is what he is. He never got any better. In fact, he got worse after he left Toronto. Whereas, with Van Riemsdyk, you see him as a guy who at least you think you can build around. And they were right in that sense. And I think it's arguably the same for Montreal. Where I, I still think Romanov's got room to improve. And I think he will. But I don't, I don't think Romanov's, like, a star. Whereas I think Kirby Doc has the potential, as we've seen, just not recently, to be a guy that, you know, hopefully can be 60-plus point guy in the NHL. Yeah. You know. I'm not saying that that's necessarily how it's going to play out. I, I don't know, but... I, like, Doc, I don't know. Like, like Doc's got a lot to offer, I think. It's just, can he stay healthy and, and move forward? And is Montreal going to put him in a, in a position to succeed? I, I don't know, but Doc Slavkowski, if you have them at what you think are going to be, it's a scary pairing. I suppose. But do these things always yeah. work out? They don't necessarily, yeah. but I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying in the, in the guy that you know, but the guy that you know isn't always the right thing when it's a position player, I think. You're, you're not wrong. Um, let's just hope Jeff Petrie can... Be the number one sort of insane. He hasn't gotten traded. Eh? Like that's an insane yeah. one, though. Like I, 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 by all accounts, the only defenseman they have. I guess they got to keep somebody. I, I guess. I mean, but like that's the thing, right? Like you're, you're rebuilding. Commit to the fucking rebuild. Like I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little thrown they got three off. Three defensemen next year. But no, for sure. Like trading Romanov to me is like I get it. Like everything you said about Doc is fair. Mm-hmm. I can see the argument. At the end of the day, you got three to fucking defensemen next year. Mm-hmm. How are you icing that fucking blue line? 
The only defense I would give to what you're saying is I understand at least with a young defenseman, Romanov gets his minutes and hopefully he gets better. I just sure. don't, I don't think he really does that sure, much. Sure, but, but you, you treat him. Okay, he's done. He's mm-hmm. out the door. Who's playing defense on this team? You got nobody. You got to fucking hit a couple home runs in free agency. Pray to fucking God you're going to get somebody that can put up 18 minutes a night. Because you have no one. Yeah, but like... There's nobody back there! But but hear me, you're, you're, get, you're getting excited about like the Leafs in 2015. Like the... the if, no, I'm, I, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Saying. Like, like... But... I understand that there are people probably even listening to the podcast... That are fucking delusional and yeah. think this team is, uh, you know, well, they're going to turn it around, of course. Sure. No, you're rebuilding. You guys are rebuilding. It might take a year. It might take uh, four years. It might take seven years. You guys are not going to be fucking good next year. Like, not. You are. This team is not going to be fucking good. They might be competitive. There's a difference. Ottawa's been competitive for a few years. They're also in the bottom fucking six of the standings yeah. every fucking year. They're competitive. Yeah. They're not an easy win, but they're not good either, right? This roster is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And they haven't even begun to actually really tear it down as far as they should. So, so, so what roster makes you worse next year? A roster with Romanov or with Doc? Um... <laughs> Splitting hairs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Six dozen or <laughs> six and one, half a dozen together. Yeah, yeah. go get Bedard. Uh, <laughs> speaking of two teams that will not get Connor Bedard, uh, the Leafs traded Peter Mazarek uh, to Nazarak. the uh, Blackhawks along with their first round pick for Chicago's second round pick. Good, good. I had enough with this guy. Let me tell you something. I watched this guy put on. The sickest pad stack fucking, like, paint job I think I've ever seen in my life. The Leafs get this jersey. And I'm like, it's terrible. I hate this jersey. I can't stand it. And all of a sudden, the Leafs put out this picture on their Instagram. And they're like, look at this guy. Oh, he's ready to start tonight. Oh, look at the fucking pads. And I'm like, yes, let's go. The dark night he's in. And then... That guy the funniest has thing that happens. guy has the nerve to play twenty games for my team last year, put up a seven seventy three goals against average and a four hundred save percentage, and is arguably my least favorite goaltender on a team that includes the a list of Jonathan Bernier, terrible, uh, Jonas Gustafson. Great guy, terrible. Vesa Toskala, terrible. Andrew Raycroft, terrible. I'm not even getting into the like really bad guys. Jonas fucking Enroth. UC Rhinus. Justin Pogey. Kept him. Pogey! Traded Rask for a guy who I just mentioned. Kept Pogey. I don't know if you've heard of Tuka Rask. Played some time in the NHL. Mm. Stanley Cup champion. Vezina Trophy winner. A trophy that well, Roberto Luongo I, I doesn't have. The breaks in the Stanley Cup champion. Like, yeah, just yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, a bad net over time 
but one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite, Leaf goalie ever. Hell of a trade. Hell yeah. 13 picks down. Who cares? To get rid of 3.8 million. What the fuck do I care? Yeah. And they picked a guy named Hunter or Fraser Minton. Fraser Hunter Minton. Minton, something like that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Coyotes uh, get Zach Cassian to play in front of their yeah. college stadium. Yeah. Along with That's good. the 29th overall pick, which is Maverick Lamaru. So that gave us a trait right then and there. <laughs> uh, the 2024 third, the, the 2025 second, in exchange for their first round pick, 32nd overall to the Oilers. Um, Zach Cassian protected in the expansion draft last summer. Move now to move down three spots, plus giving up two spots. Not great. Oh, he's terrible. Um, I respect the hell, though, out of the Coyotes, who for a couple years now, under uh, uh, Bill Armstrong? Is that his name? No, it's not Bill. It's uh, the other Armstrong. No. Is it? It's the other Armstrong. Yeah. Bill's in St. Louis. See, you remember, remember like an hour ago when we were like, oh, you're going to gradually hear us get drunker. Now we can't even remember the GM's name. Louis Armstrong? (laughs) Is that him? Is that him? No, that's St. Louis too, isn't it? Uh, Here it is. Armstrong, Ontario. Wow, I thought that was a... No, it is Bill Armstrong. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, so what's the Blues guy? How am I forgetting his first name? Armstrong. Dave Armstrong. Uh, literally, I typed him. <laughs> what an idiot I am. Freddie Armstrong? What an idiot I am. I typed in Armstrong St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. Well, Louis Armstrong has a song called St. Louis Blues. He sure right? is. Um, what do we got here? What do we What do we got here? Doug Armstrong. Ah, you know the guy Doug. that's been the GM for 15 years? We forgot his fucking Doug name. Douglas. Um, what were we talking about? Zach Cassian. The the, ca- the Coyotes been? have been compiling picks off of just other teams' stupid decisions for <coughs> years. And even this year, like, you know, they brought in Gosses Bear. He was fine. He's fine. And they got a first and, like, a third just to take him. And then what did they do? They upgraded picks and got a couple extra picks to take Zach Cassie. Hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good trade. The Red Wings get Vili Huso's rights for a third-round pick mm-hmm. and immediately sign him to a three-year, $4.75 million contract. Thank fucking God I was getting worried the Leafs were going to sign this guy. Yeah, I mean, like, I like Vili Huso. Why? It's a bit rich for my blood. Well, like, Vili Huso was... Um, an 890 goaltender of the second half? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, why? Well, I mean, he was like a 950 goalie for a bit there. Sure. I don't I, I, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, you know, he... <laughs> 57 games of NHL experience. This guy's getting a five-year, three-year three contract. Three-year, but... Holy hell. Yeah. 27 it, years it's, old. It is interesting, it's eh? Because, because they're... Their goaltending, their goaltending tandem, is built on two guys who, at their best, have been fantastic, 
and at their worst have been real bad catastrophic Ooh, not good you know what i mean like like outside of huso the only better option would have been for them to trade for carter hart in that sense right where it's just like one extreme to the other so it's interesting because like i do i don't know if this is giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt i do sort of wonder if stevie y says that these are his two guys what's he seeing what are his scouts seeing what's the team seeing but uh yeah it's not um my favorite deal Mm. yeah speaking of goaltenders vtech venacek to the devils with a second for a second and a third Hmm. what what's the trade again say that again Vinicek for the 46th overall... Uh, sorry. Vinicek and the 46th overall pick for the 37th and the 70th. Okay. This is a guy that... They I actually don't on. think I knew what the trade this was. This is a guy that they gave up in the expansion draft last year, then immediately traded for to get back. Yeah. And now have flipped a year later. Yeah. He's... Uh... He's not. He's Billy Huso. He's he's yeah, not. No, he's sure. not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am actually shocked, considering how bad he was for a while this year, to see how well his save percentage turned out. But uh, better yeah, than Huso's. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Uh, not crazy about. Him. Um, also, what's the deal though? Because New Jersey gets him. Yeah. And so. The goaltending carousel is kind of moving. Sure. You would think if it was going to happen this weekend, you would have traded Blackwood. So. Well, that implies that Banachek's your starter. It implies he's on the roster because you already have two goalies rostered. Who they is also that? have Bernier. Oh, I thought Bernier was a free agent. Is he? I, I thought he had one more year. I just assumed when he signed that three year deal, it was going to last for nine years. I think it's maybe math. mentally yeah. where I'm at. No, you might be right. He might be a free agent. He's a free... Oh. Oh, he's got one year left. Yeah. Hmm. So... You have three goalies. Mm-hmm. None of whom are... Good. Um, uh, you know. Say it. Yeah, well, you, you know. You throw a black one on a new roster, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But... Um, yeah. He's on your roster, though, unfortunately, and he hasn't been amazing for you. No. So, you know. And Vanacek's still a free agent, so you gotta, you gotta sign up first. Mm-hmm. See what the number is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm uh, skeptical about that deal. Yeah, I would be. Uh, D'Angelo to the Flyers uh, with a 7th round pick in exchange for a 4th this year, a 3rd next year, a 2nd the year after that. Holy hell. You know, you want to hear my opinion on the trade, you can go back to listen to any other episode where we mention Tony D'Angelo, I feel like. He's got uh, no contract, so we'll see what uh, they sign for. Fucked. He's got no contract? Yeah, he's he's a free agent, technically, still. Is he an RFA? How does that work? UFA. Yeah, he's got to be if you bought him out, right? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Oh, he, they did sign him. Oh, okay. It looks like. Didn't see uh, that. Let me see this. Not TSN reporting. Friendly. TSN is... Well, maybe it's not official, though. TSN reported. Uh, Pierre Lebrun reported as well. 
Um, Two-year, $10 million deal. Five, five per. Sure. Do the Flyers have, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, 14 defensemen who make $5 million a year? No. Am I right, am I they, right on they, that? They don't. Not that many? That Is it 12? Be, that would be $80 million. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be right. But it's like, oh, man. Like, their, their blue line... Yeah. Is Ellis at six plus whatever? It's fine. Um, Provorov Prime. makes a good chunk. Uh, Ristolainen they just re-signed Holy there, was there, which was like it's like five Jesus and a half or some Christ. shit. Uh, now you have D'Angelo, and I feel like this was Sanheim makes like three. Sanheim might be the best of the five, which is the amazing, <laughs> which is the amazing part about all that. Oh boy, that's interesting. All right, well, I'm, I'm skipping the rest of the trades unless you have any hard feelings on Luke Kunin. Well, is that the last trade? They're all picks for picks. Oh, if they're picks for picks, yeah, you said players for what yeah, was what it, we're going to do. Kunin's Where did Kunin go? Uh, San Jose for John Leonard and a third. I actually would like to say something about that. That's an insane price to pay for Luke Coonan, considering John Leonard's a better player, and they also get a third-round pick. So There you go. All right, to the draft itself. First overall, Shane Wright, Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> it's going to look good for a few years. Uh, he's the guy that you can build the franchise. I'm sorry. I'm being told what now that being? he did not go first overall. That Bluetooth device is uh, yeah. heating up there. Okay. See smoke rising out of your ears. Well, all it's of a okay because they got Uri Slavkovsky, who's probably the better player. Good for them. Go, go Habs, you know. It's and the, the Devils, the the right pick. The Devils say. get Shane Wright, who they can build around down the center, uh, along with Jack Hughes and Nico. I'm sorry. It says here they also picked a Slovak, uh, Simon Nemechik, defenseman. Mm, well, that's good. They need a defenseman. Mm-hmm. That's good for them. Third overall, Arizona. They need to fill the building somehow because it's quite small these Hell days. Yeah. Let's get a sentiment you gotta get the that man. they can build around for their franchise. Shane Wright, what an absolute stud that they'll be able to... Oh, no, sorry. It's Logan Cooley who's going to have to play at the ASU Arena. And Seattle is going to walk home with Shane Wright. I've seen guys fall. I've seen projected first overall guys fall. Yeah. I have never seen a guy ranked first overall going into the draft weekend by multiple sources fall past second. It's just the weirder one is that how... So recently, he was like the consensus. The one. consensus. Like, the, like this that's was the, the thing. Shane Wright draft. Like, I shouldn't say it was like three months ago. Like three months ago, people were like, "Ah, Slavkowski." But like six, eight months ago, consensus. Let's 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 even go consensus centerment. Yeah. Because like with the Devils, yeah. with the yeah, Devils, it's like point. okay, maybe maybe you can talk no, yourself into a fence. Yeah. How does Cooley go ahead above right? Yeah, that's a good point. Cooley, good player. Above right? I don't know. 
So are you skeptical about the picks that went ahead of Wright? Or are you... Like, like what what is your thought? I think Slavkovsky and Wright were a, a, a coin flip. Mm-hmm. And if you want a centerman, take Wright. If you don't, you take Slavkovsky. For Montreal, I don't know how they don't take Shane Wright. This is a franchise that is... For Montreal? Been, for begging for number one center. For years. For years. They've been begging for one. They went out and they traded for Jonathan Drouin, who's played, like, what, 40 games for the franchise? Since he's been there? Like, you've had... You've had... The, the joke of the Montreal Canadiens is, oh, we can make him play center. We can we can teach him to play center. That's nah, always been fun. And, uh, well, so now it's... Are they going to do the Slavkovsky when they could have just said, well, we got a guy that can play center. And we'll draft him. Again, the Devils, Hughes, Heischer down the middle. If you want to go defenseman, I get, I get, it. I get it. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. if if you're going into the draft as New Jersey saying Slavkovsky's our guy because we all know Red's going first, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's the centerman. Yeah, that's like the one position we don't need. So we'll go to the we'll go to the next best guy, which might be a defenseman. Arizona at three, going Cooley. Bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> you want to know what's funny about that, though? Like, here, here's the, here's what I, my thought was on it. It's just like, I actually don't disagree with any team's decision there. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Not showing New Jersey for sure. But Arizona gets weird for me. From, from what I've understood is that Slavkowski, a lot of people who think he's the number one pick in the draft are saying that he is, without a doubt, the only player with, like, insane talent in the draft. I like, agree. Like, like everyone kind of... I, I, I read something, like some tweet. i got to see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. Some scout made a comment about how Slavkowski's talent level in this draft is going to have the, like, Makar sort of feeling of with it mm-hmm. where it's just like this guy actually is fucked now having said that a couple years ago several scouts also told me that uh alexi lafreniere is like the third or fourth best pick of the entire uh cap era mm-hmm. and i don't uh see that yet but from what i hear and what I, i've actually watched Slavkoski a decent amount he is fantastic like he he is ridiculous uh, oh, and by the way, he happens to be six foot four, two hundred and twenty eight pounds. You know what I mean? Like that—that that doesn't hurt. But like, yeah, you know, uh, Kovalev had a really, really good career when he wanted yeah. to, and this guy apparently gives a shit all the time. So, oh wow, okay, so he's Kovalev, but he cares. Love it. Let's go. So I like that pick. Uh, Nemich, I don't know a ton about, but if you want to go D, you go D, kind of thing. I've exactly. read a ton about Nemich. That's okay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really skeptical to read too much in defenseman when it comes to the draft, is all. So, my understanding about Cooley versus Wright is, uh, it seems to me that there, I don't know if it's universal, but there seems to be a lot of people that are just in agreement that Cooley is for sure one of the best if not the best purely offensive talented guy in the draft other than Slavkowski. And so if the Coyotes are more so on the 
train of like, oh yeah, Shane Wright, you know, definitely NHL player, definitely complete sort of uh, center. Is he going to actually be like a productive top six def- or centerman, or is he more like settle in, you know, third line centerman sort of shit? Mm. Right. And I'm not saying that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun intended, but like, I understand being like, no, but we think Cooley is going to be this sort of insane offensive talent because I heard the same thing about Zegras when he got drafted, right? And I'm not saying Cooley and Zegras same, but like, it's the same sort of argument, right? Do you want to just pick that insane skill guy and try to figure out the other parts of his game or do you want that complete player? So I actually don't hate Arizona's pick if that's who they thought was better because I've heard so much about Wright being middling in a lot of parts of his game that you know it does concern me is like what does he become long term now however other people seem hell-bent that he is uh, a young Patrice Bergeron I don't think you can ever compare one player to another as we've learned over the years and I've, as I've read draft comparable after draft comparable watching the draft None of those guys ever turn out to be anything fucking close to the guys you compare them to. But if Wright is a complete sort of player, and, uh, you know, he's going to be able to sort of do everything at both ends of the rink and, and just play the game the right way, I don't see why he's not going to be a fantastic fucking player in the league. So, for the Kraken, at fourth overall, I am pumped that they got him. Good for the Kraken, man. That's awesome. And I think it's cool that he kind of stared down Montreal's draft table, whatever you make of that. But um, I love I love it. Good for Seattle. Someone has forgotten the uh, Anze Kopitar comparisons for Austin Matthews. Oh, so, yeah. Spitting yeah, image. Right. For sure. Way better. Yeah. Um, Brad Lambert falls to 30 for Winnipeg, <laughs> I, I guess, is the only other really big story out of the first round. Um, fuck. I was, I was thinking we were getting him. That 38, the Leafs, you know. That. 38? <laughs> Probably should have taken him at 25 well, even. but They could have, but yeah, no. they would have cost him $3.8 million. The, the Lambert thing's interesting because uh, it's, it's a highly touted prospect that um, like Miroshenko in a way, but like you can ex- at least explain it with him why he fell off. Lambert's a weird one because he, you know, he just he's steadily, steadily fallen. Um, just never took the step, I think. Is the yeah, thing, yeah. So, so I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know if he's a real deal. And I like Winnipeg always has this tendency. Like, I was pump. I've been pumping their tires for days, but like, I, I, you know, there's a negative to maybe take out of it. Winnipeg tends to take guys where it's always like, oh yeah, no, right on. Mm-hmm. So are they are they taking guys that are maybe going to please the fan base more so, or yeah, are they yeah. taking guys where there's legitimately some skill there? So we'll see. I mean, the, you know, they've always done a good job with player development, um, but they need to continue to do it. If in in fact they actually need to be better at it because. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that I've watched continuously for years that I don't think has gotten a ton better is Veselainen, and I don't think that's his fault. And uh, you gotta really, you gotta present me with a concrete plan this year for Cole Perfetti. 
is my big assignment for the Jets. I don't give a fuck about anything else they do. Give me a concrete plan for Perfetti. Because Heinola is a star. Perfetti's a star. You just drafted Rutger McGordy and uh, and Brad Lambert in the first round here. Lucius last year, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are guys here now. And it's getting to be time to be like, let's get them to your Kyle Connor. Where you gotta level. go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Kyle Connor, you raised him up so I can stand up. You know, yeah, Josh Groban, we all did the dance there right. in grade five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the pick. All right. Oofle. Yeah. You, uh, you've asked for this one. Yeah. You wanted it. You begged for it. Pleaded. Yeah. Desired. Wanted. Mm-hmm. ACDC songs. Or hits, I guess. I should yeah. Say. But, like, what's up here? Well, I was hoping at some point through the first two hours of the podcast that I was going to be able to work this in. Especially during the intro, because this is normally where it comes up, but, uh. We're recording July 9th. Of course, the the birth of two of my friends, most beautiful of holy matrimonies, of course. It's the first wedding I've ever been to where I have known the bride and groom very well for a long time. So I'm excited about that. Because I've been to weddings where it's like, I don't know one of them all that well, but like, whatever. Yeah. You know, I know them both. So the birth of their love, in a way, uh, today, mm-hmm. of July 9th. So, of course, uh, I'm bringing back an old laced-up favorite segment. Uh, it's birthday time. Mm. July 9th birthdays. Right. Uh, Tom Hanks turned 65 years old today. Happy Isn't birthday. That's kind of fucked, eh? A little bit. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. You think that? What would you have guessed? Well, he was like 40 in St. Brad Ryan, so it kind of checks out, I guess. But I guess it all adds up, eh? The math is there. Um, what else we got here? Uh, ooh, not my favorite, but Courtney Love turns 57 today. Where, where? <laughs> I was going to be like, what did he say there? But we don't want him to re- repeat that clearer, that's for sure. Uh, Fred Savage, star of the Wonder Years, 45 years old today. Oh, the fucking Fred Savage of the Wonder Years. The fucking shrine to me in the walls. What are we talking about here? Uh, what else we got here? We got some good ones. Jack White, lead singer of the Raconteurs. Jack White. <laughs> lead singers. A lead singer of the White Stripes. And, you know, all the instruments, essentially, other than the drums. But even sometimes the drums. Um... Lead singer of Jack White solo stuff. And fantastic portrayal of, uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, the best portrayal ever uh, of Elvis. Um, which, you know, is a movie right now starring Austin Butler. But Jack White does a better Elvis. Uh, Jack White, star of Dewey Cox, uh, walk hard as Elvis Presley, 46 years old today. Yeah big Jack White guy myself. Sure. Always have sure. been. Sure. Uh, ooh, well, takes a bit of a turn here. O.J. Simpson turns 74. <laughs> See, normally you're the one who drops the bomb. Uh, well, yeah. 
Oh, did he drop a couple in his day? So. Oh, yeah. Has yeah. he ever. My favorite was him releasing a book, If I Did It. That's, if uh, I had a million murders. Um, star of Top Gun, Kelly McGillis, 64 today. Happy birthday, Kelly McGillis. We all, we all, no, we like Kelly McGillis. She's good stuff. Um, and based upon the life of Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street there turns 59. 59. But the reason I bring this up is born on this day in 1946 is one of the better frontmen mm. of all time. Oh, boy. Um, Passed away, of course, uh, way too early. But Bon Scott was born on July 9th, 1946. And so, uh, since I love Bon Scott, and I think you like Bon Scott. Jesus Christ, did I pick a Bon Scott song? <laughs> oh, keep going. That's fine. Um, but Bon Scott's the man, right. I think. And uh, on his birthday, I feel like we talk about the band that he helped turn into. Oh, let's uh, do it. Or essentially did turn into what they are known as yeah. today. Bon Scott, the man. Uh, James, you're overrated, ACDC. It's uh, You Shook Me All Night Long <laughs> by a country mile. Hate this song. Mm-hmm. You ever been to a wedding? You've heard of this song. Going to one. You ever been to a shag? Uh, you've heard of this song. You ever been to a high school dance? Well, you've heard this song. You ever turn on the fucking radio once ever because your Bluetooth wouldn't work or maybe your Roger's cellular device was not operating at How full capacity? You? You've heard this song. How dare you? It sucks. Garbage song. Garbage. Get the fuck out of here. Let's go. What's up? Overrated. You. Let's go. Well, uh, you know, most notably on Bond Scott's birthday... Not a Bon Scott song you're talking about there. Well, yeah, no, that's for sure. Mm. Um, ooh. Uh, my overrated got deleted at some point, so i got to think about it here for a second. Well, take your time. I have, I've, I've just laid the perfect one down for you. Mm, I, I'm, mm. well, it already appears on my list somewhere. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's not good. God damn, what was my overrated? Give me a second here, I'll find it. Oh, no, I remember. Um... Oh, it's Highway to Hell. Uh, and, and here's why. We're really fucking riding Bon Scott into the depths of hell, aren't we? Yeah, no. Um, but it's just one of those things. They, they have two massively famous songs about hell. And this, I think, is the more played of the two. But the other one's the better one, I think, which is Hell's Bells. Hmm. You know? I, I don't know. I've never really loved... Highway to Hell. I, I think it's a little overrated in, in the grand scheme of things. Probably. Um, you know, but uh, it, it's tough having grown up in Thunder Bay because we're so exposed to ACDC. Are we? That maybe, well, I think so. Rock 94, you know, uh, the ACDC network. I think that maybe I've heard more ACDC in my life than anyone outside of Australia. You know, okay. I feel like here. Sure. I feel like we're the ACDC capital of Canada, um, of the world. Really? Outside of Australia. So, so Canada. So I, I think mine was Highway to Hell. I don't okay. know. It might come back to me that it was something different, but I, right. I, I think it was Highway to Hell. 
Okay. Uh, my underrated is stiff upper lip. Mm -hmm. yeah. Big fan. Good song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Underrated album. Mm -hmm. They took about 10 years off there. Didn't do anything in the 90s. They saw what Rush was doing. They were like, you know what? Let's pass. Let's come back. Let's regroup. <laughs> yeah. Take some time off. Get some sun. Get some maybe, work done. Maybe we should change up our game. Let's, yeah. Or. You might, you might be right on that one. Or. Uh, Maybe we'll just take some time off. And then they released Step Up With. One of my favorite ACDC songs by a mile. Mm -hmm. Love it. Big fan. Underrated. Let's let's get Step Up Lip back into the pantheon of ACDC. The next live album they do that doesn't feature Axl Rose. Let's get that back in the playlist. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's fair enough. Um... My underrated, uh, it, it it was tough. It was it, I, yeah. Because was it hard picking between the same songs yeah, that have yeah, the same chords? Yes, James. And here's yeah. why. Okay. Is if we were to break down the top twenty best ACDC songs, yeah, and break it down against break like down. someone, break it down. Uh, just keep it down against um, someone who is like a casual. ACDC fan. Same 20 songs. I feel... No, I actually... It would be this. It'd be different 20 songs. Mm. Because a lot of their famous songs are not nearly their best songs, I would say. Oh, you know? Okay. Um, my underrated. Mm -hmm. Because I think it is... Top... I'll say five, but my honest opinion, three. Top three best ACDC mm. song. And it is... Never heard it on the radio, I don't think. Uh, is Whole lot of Rosie. I, I think is their most underrated song. Hmm. Um, it's very simple. Don't get me wrong. Uh, at least the you know the first two minutes of it. Uh, it's got a fantastic solo. That song is banging from the minute it starts. Mm -hmm. It tells a story in like sort of a nice little classic, a nice, a nice home, nice nice wholesome, yeah, nice wholesome blues song. Blue you woman. know, you know yeah. how blues are blues are wholesome. Oh, blues are. Blues are wholesome. Blues are wholesome. Separate my words a little bit better here. Mm. But yeah, no, like, it, it is one of those songs where I feel like it, uh, it's never really talked about as one of their best songs. And I, okay. I think it is heavily one of their best songs. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Uh, my favorite, and in honor of... I'm so curious to hear this. In, in honor of Bon Scott. Mm. The first song they released without Bon Scott. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the first track off the first album following his death. An, an homage to his life about how he was carrying on from the afterlife. Uh, it's Hell's Bells. What a way to start an album. It's a banger. After nary an eight month gap between losing your lead singer... Oh, we're just going to release what might be the best song we've ever made, ever. And by the way, the singer we replaced him with, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Might not be as good, but you will never know at the time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He's not as good, but it's fine. It's, it's... Like, it's fine. He might be better. But, he might not be, but he might be better. All I will say is it's fine. Brian Johnson... Brian Johnson, I'll give him this. Perhaps... The best singer to replace a singer 
midway through a band's existence in a way. Yeah. Like not in a directly mid. You know, you know what I mean? Like had had the higher highs. They were already famous, right? And so this guy's gonna yeah. come in, and we're like, oh, here's this guy, and then and release like, the best cool. thing that that band's ever done. I'm skeptical about it, right? And it's mm. just like they bring him in, and it's like, no, this this works. This is good. Okay. We'll do this. Brian Johnson's good. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you disagreeing with me? I feel like we're saying the same thing. I, I'm saying that Brian Johnson might be the better singer. Maybe. Because he had the better album that sold more than any other rock album in history. But, you know, Bon Scott was good. How dare you. Um... Well, my my favorite ACDC song, <laughs> it's and I they actually kind of line up nicely. That you said it was Hell's right, Bells. Back in Black. Let's go. No, my my favorite uh, ACDC song is the first song of the mm-hmm. first album that you ever hear ACDC All right. uh, in North America. Anyway, is um yeah, that's true. It's a long way to the top. If you want to get rock me some and roll. bagpipes, let's go. Let's fucking let's go. It, it is one of my favorite rock songs of all time. It is one of my favorite, like, it's one of my favorite rock songs ever written. It's a great song. And I love it. Um, and it's funny, like, now that we're on the topic, if I were to give you my top three, as I alluded to a minute ago, mm. it's, it's it's a long way to the top is number one. It's probably Hell's Bells, number two. And it's Whole lot of Rosie, number three. Wow. Like, these are my three favorite ACDC songs. So I'm wow. glad they all came up. Um, Cause yeah, I, uh, I I it's a long way to the top. Is just such a, um, it's such a cocky song in a way, right? And and I love that about it because it's just so. Uh, here we are. This is what we are. Here you go. This is what you're gonna get. Do you like it or not? If not, get off the fucking wagon because this is what it's gonna be Ooh. for fifty fucking years. Interesting. And uh, that's what they've done, and that's kind of what I respect about them. L- let me let me say this because we I don't know if we've said it. I don't know if we necessarily love ACDC between the two of us. Love's a strong word, but I like ACDC a lot. I think they're cool, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's my favorite song of theirs. Uh, my least favorite is Right On. Ooh. The reason's always important, even though I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not like, oh, AC, why? AC does one thing good, mm-hmm. and it's they, they punch you in the face with guitars and booze and sex and drugs. And, we gotta invite them over. Right and, and, and Ride On does the opposite, where it's just like, hey, what if we all just got along and had a good time? We just all rode on. So, yeah, that's what I got the Eagles for. So just that's fair. Fuck off. Yeah, I don't know. Just never, never has done it for me. Always makes that like list of like best ACC songs. I'm just sitting there going like, what the fuck's the deal with hmm. this song? I don't get it. No, I agree with you. Let's like, move on. Like in a way though, it is sort of. Um, you it's know, like, six minutes long too. Like the argument. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. The argument against ACDC is like they're always the same thing. But sure. like I, I think that might be their pro argument in some senses too where it's just like I don't know that they'd be good at anything else. <laughs> you know? 
So true you uh, are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. Never heard that sentence before. Yeah. But you know what it, I mean? It's like coming. It, it's making a comeback. <laughs> and also, you should have something. So true you are. <laughs> Sometimes you make it to the end of an episode and you're like, what am I going to call this episode? <laughs> and then there you go, like final five minutes and it's just like, mm. Oh, man. Boom! So true you are. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Uh, your least favorite ACDC no, I, song. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, oh, uh, see, the the fun part about this mm, UFO. The fun part. The, well, the fun part. Wow. Well, it's fun for me. Funnest. Um, because it is my least favorite song ever written. Ever. That's crazy. It is the one song where it's like, I... You've heard Friday by Rebecca Black, right? Yeah, I'd rather hear it. Interesting. Because I haven't heard it nearly as many times as I've heard this fucking song. I've heard this song more times than I've ever heard any song, and I fucking can't fucking stand it. I have no use for it. I get nothing out of it. I think every part of it sucks from the beginning to the end, and it is You Shook Me All Night Long. I fucking hate that song. And I'm not even saying it's a bad song is the funny part. That's the thing. You can say it. That's the thing. You no, know, you can say it. It's an okay say song. It. No, no, say it. On an album of 11 songs, it's fine. It's as the like, worst. It's a fine nine song, no single. Don't play it on the radio. It's just, oh, we might bust it out at a concert every once in a while. Yeah, it would be fine. It is the most overrated song in the history of rock and roll for me. And I, I fucking hate it. And I think it sucks. And I hate that Oofle ends on a sad note. Always does. <laughs> but I hate that song. I can't stand it. ACDC, highs of the highs, yeah. low of the lows. Yeah. No, I like <laughs> it, it. It's bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. There, there's not a song and on no- this album. That I would rather listen, like, like that's that's last. Yeah, by a mile. Um, it's no good. But ACDC, you know, yeah. happy birthday, Bon Scott. Yeah, go, go, young brothers. Would have been R.I.P. Man, how old? He would have been. Let me do the math. Seventy-two today. Still younger math? than Mick. Seventy-seventy-four. Still, Seventy-four. Still younger than Mick. There you go. Huh? Well, could have been, I suppose. Younger than Barry Tross, allegedly, too. Hey, wow. Um, we got one more after this, by the sounds of things, to wrap up the free agency shit, free agency, which is yeah. going to start on, what's that, uh, Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. Ooh. But, uh... I don't like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll try maybe Friday night next week? Does that make sense? What's that? Friday is the fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth will work. Yeah, yeah. Work. I got a wedding on the sixteenth. So yeah. Well, I got a wedding tomorrow. So here, how's 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 this? I'll tell you how drink you uh, how how drink you how how drink how drink you you shan't get. You may drink. How drink you shan't get, my friend. And shan't drink those drinks. Oh, so true you are, my guy. Uh, Um, I am. It's been a. uh, It's been a long. Time. What's this mean? To the top. 
Oh. If you want to rock and roll. But it's it's been a good time. It's been a long time. It's been a good time. To the top. We're not the top. Good night. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was going to do my sign off. Oh, no, no, right on, right on, right on, right on. I'm, uh, (laughs) thank you, sir. I'm, uh, Brutal B Battlefield there of, uh, high buttonal sports there. Uh, Halifax, they got some good stuff. Uh, should visit Halifax. I live Uh, in Thunder Bay and ACDC wrote a song with my city. It's called Thunderstruck. Check it out. Do you, how do you feel about Thunderstruck? Do you like Thunderstruck? You're pro Thunderstruck, right? That, that's You're, the, are you neutral on Thunderstruck? That's the greatest song to be like, hey, we sucked for a decade. What can we do? And they did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little calculated in that sense, I think, but it, it rocks. It does rock. I like Thunderstruck. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Thunderstruck guy. Okay. It's, it's, it's the song I've probably heard the most in my life, and I'm just like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't get tired of it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't always get me going. But every once in a while, it comes on at the right time. If you want to get past a certain like forty-second intro period, you're you're hooked. You hear that first two bars, you're like, "Ah, I've heard this before. No thanks." Mm. But if you have no control over what's happening, God, God damn it! If you're not into it by bar four, yeah, let's go. There's some sort of high voltage to it, I would say. Ah, TNT. Ah, I see what you did there. Mm, yeah. All right. Okay, good night. Yeah. Goodbye, gentlemen. <laughs>